0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, what's going on? boys and
1: girls, welcome into another edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee with you for the next three hours right here in Triple G uh, on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. You can join the conversation at 694-1055. Get us in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, Got another good one lined up for you today.
2: Good morning, sir. Good morning. This is not a giveaway, although we will have Jag baseball ticket giveaway and a Chick-fil-A. Do you know who Nicole Lynn is? No. She is the oh, agent yeah, yeah, for yeah. Jalen Hurts. She started out just four years ago in a male-dominated field. And Nicole Lynn yesterday negotiated the richest NFL contract in history for Jalen Hurts. And I think back to his freshman year at Alabama. Who saw this coming? You know, we have several guests today. And that's that's a question I'm going to ask, like, John Garcia from SI when he was – Back when when Jalen was being recruited and went to Alabama and even Oklahoma, did he see something like this coming? A 255 million dollar deal over five years, all most uh, let's see 180 million guaranteed plus for the first time in Eagle history, no trade clause. Uh, when we get to Eric at home, ask him the same thing. Even uh, Travis Ryer covered uh, Jalen Hurts for three years at Alabama, an incredible contract. For again when you go back in history Mark I think it's safe to say very few people saw this coming where he was going to emerge as kind of a superstar quarterback especially in a, t- a city as tough as Philadelphia.
1: Yeah so what I love about this story is that you can do it the right way and still be rewarded. So we always talk about what a lot of people would would see uh would see as selfish Maneuvers by players to get theirs uh and Hertz always kind of did it the right way. He waited his turn, he played it well at Alabama, he backed up to a he got a chance to shine he waited to the end like he did everything you would hope that your son or you know whoever would 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 handle. Un, uh, situations that aren't ideal, right? He he. When it came to controversy, he he never got behind behind the mic and spouted off. He even questioned Nick Saban for saying that he was going to transfer. He didn't say anything about transferring. Like he he said, "Well, I haven't had a conversation with him." Like he did all the right things, and he's done all the right things on this. He's not and, holding right. out, And and so. That's the biggest thing I take from the Jalen Hurt story. Uh, he's a great guy who who, who did everything. and do, He was very patient, and it just, it just all worked out. In a world where guys are jumping in the portal or jumping in a free agency or getting on social media and complaining about this or complaining about that and saying how, you know, I want mine and they're not treating me the right way. He did it all exactly, if you were writing a playbook on how to live your life as an athlete, This was how you'd want to do it, and it worked out. No
2: controversy at all in this contract. No holdout. No franchises. I want more. I'm negotiating. And like I said, the real uh, star in this is Nicole Lynn. Very new to the uh, uh, agency. Uh, Very few females that I believe are involved as a, a, a player agent and this her star is really going to rise now. I'm sure other clients will take a look at this or other football players coming out and say, wow, and I, I want to get with her. She's now been elevated uh, clutch advertising or clutch sports. She's now moved up to like president or something like that. But when she started out, on the ground floor, Jalen Hurts, one of her first clients, really reaping the benefits. And I am just so happy for him because, as you said, and I'll mirror what you said, it's exactly the way. He does it the right way, not an ounce of controversy, had a terrific Super Bowl even though they lost. So he's uh, locked into the Eagles now through 2028. And, again, I didn't know this, and who would, uh, no trade clause. First time the Eagles have ever done that in their history.
1: Yeah, now all he's got to do is continue to perform. But, you know, it, that was the other thing. And we talked about everything going well. But remember, he was kind of pegged as this running quarterback. But you saw him progress as a passer, even at Alabama, right? It, it It's it's easy to remember. Revisionist history will tell you he got to Oklahoma and he became a better passer. And that was true. But he made such strides as a backup that final year in, in Tuscaloosa. It's, it's a fantastic story. I often talk about how... You know, Tim Tebow should be the would was the poster boy for for college football. Jalen Hurts is the poster boy for football in general.
2: All right, and also let's let's be honest about this too. You credit the Eagles for surrounding him with terrific talent. They went out and got A.J. Brown. They gave him that that other receiver to go with, uh, you know, uh, the, the ones he already had. You know, the Heisman Trophy winning receiver he had at Alabama. Uh, he's he's surrounded with running backs. He's got a very good offensive line. Uh, the Eagles have made trades. They've made draft picks. Uh, their, their general manager has done a fantastic job in surrounding, because that's part of it, too. Even if you're a great quarterback, and I don't think anybody thought Jalen Hurts was a great quarterback coming out of college. He was a second-round pick, but even in the, the mix for first round, I think it surprised people when they took him in the second round. But he's emerged because they are surrounded also. And this is not to take away from his talents, but he is surrounded by a lot of good players on that Philadelphia Eagles. And to add to this, not only have they locked up Hurts, but they've locked up a lot of the other key people for a couple of years now. So they may be... A, I would say right now, going into next season, barring any unforeseen events, Mark, uh, they would be the favorite to win, to at least get to the Super Bowl, which is rare to, to double up and get there again, but they would be the favorite in the NSA.
1: Yeah, and you know now, again, we talk about the salaries that these quarterbacks demand and the way these contracts are being structured. So, obviously, now we look to see how this will set the trend for
2: yeah look at the look at the okay it's the richest contract but i I think and i'm getting into semantics now because i don't really understand all this stuff and who does to us it's monopoly money but i think uh deshaun watson has the most guaranteed what has he done so far nothing for the browns okay uh kyler murray would be the next in line with guaranteed money or something like that and you know he's been okay on and off okay nothing great uh Coach has been fired, you know, but he's still quarterbacking Arizona. Here's Jalen Hurts. Comes along with no no publicity, really. Just, oh, okay, we have Jalen Hurts, big deal, and the Eagles. And here he is taking his team to the Super Bowl in his second year and actually performing better than Patrick Mahomes, even though they lost the game.
1: All right, so we're going to be spending a lot of time there. But here's the other thing. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, Alabama fans. When we would talk NFL and we talk quarterbacks and there was never, ever a mention of an Alabama guy, at least not in the way that we're talking about him now. And now in the same news cycle, you got Jalen Hurts getting this monster deal and you're getting another story about a potential overall overall number one NFL draft selection and Bryce Young canceling visits which only indicates that, again, he was gonna, he's going to be number one overall. But we've never had an era like this in Alabama football history where you talk about multiple quarterbacks in the league grabbing headlines the way we're talking about them right now. And I would include Mac Jones for a whole other set of reasons. But, I mean, these are guys... Lee, you and I have been doing this show so long. There was a time where we we were talking about why aren't there more Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, And and here we are talking about these monster deals and number one overall draft picks. It's insane.
2: Only once before has an Alabama quarterback been taken number one overall, and that was Harry Gilmore in 1948, a year after I was born. I did not cover that story. You didn't? and then uh, for when Nick Saban came along and you go through his first rounders, it took a while for a quarterback to be drafted in the first round. But you mentioned Mac Jones. Yes, he's getting publicity, but not for the right reasons right, right now. Tua is getting publicity for the right reasons at Miami. They seem to be sold on him. Uh, all this talk about going after another quarterback. Nope. And Tua has been trying to get into a position to avoid injuries, if that's possible, by what? he take karate or something along those lines so there's publicity there AJ McCarron although he was not a high draft pick kind of set the tone in a sense because even though he didn't go high in the draft I think he went fifth round or so he was the quarterback that came out with championship rings and maybe set the stage for future quarterbacks uh to take notice and, and by the way AJ did play against St. Uh, did play for St. Louis the other day coming back from an injury but um uh, it's a great time for Alabama because for a while there, it was a linebacker school. Then the running backs, Mark, the running backs uh, were getting a lot of the publicity. And then when Jalen Hurts came along, and then you had Tua following him and then Mac Jones. You had that uh,
1: receiver influx in, flux in yes, there. Yes,
2: you had that too. The receivers uh, were getting a lot of pup and getting a lot of high draftees too. So it uh, – it speaks volumes about what Alabama's been able to do to get those quarterbacks in there because there were so many schools that were turning out quarterback first-rounders, but uh, not Alabama. And let's face it, a lot of those quarterbacks—I'm not talking about Alabama— a lot of those high-profile quarterbacks who had great, great uh, assets never materialized and did really anything.
3: It's uh, it's unfortunate that your points on the Alabama quarterbacks is a little moot because— Jalen Hurts is an Oklahoma quarterback. Oh yeah, that's so it's a it's maybe a we need to talk Oklahoma quarterbacks. Yeah, Baker you know Mayfield, what? Mayfield, Jalen Hurts,
2: <laughs> Sam Bradford. You know though, <laughs> when they were negotiating, I, I don't think that came up at all. It did not matter. It was not as not the uh, escape clause so there. So in
3: today's current NFL era, is Alabama the best quarterback school? I mean, Ohio State's got to be up there. I guess you can't count Joe Burrow, though, Depends
2: right? what you're looking at as far as yeah. what the best... Uh, you know, what ha- what have you done, you know, as far as... Get, I It depends on, like, did you get him to a Super Bowl? Have you had a productive career? You know, Ohio State's turned out quarterbacks, but except for Burrow, has any of them really done anything? I mean, to promote all pro this, or have they? I, I'm trying to remember now.
1: So which school... Essentially, is QBU for our purposes here today?
2: I'd have to say, I guess Oklahoma, Murray, Mayfield, a number one overall pick. Not that they excelled, not that they have done anything really great, but as far, are you talking about coming out of college or what they've done in the process? No, just right
1: now, who's got the best NFL quarterback? You mentioned
2: Bradford. Although Bradford's out now, but uh, Southern Cal has had a history of quarterbacks. I would have to. Say you know, I... Miami way back during the Jimmy Johnson, Erickson, Butch Davis years, they were churning out quarterbacks. Again, though, I can't remember any of them that really did much as far as getting a team, you know, to the to the next level. Pittsburgh, Dan Marino.
1: No, but I would say, I, I guess for our purposes, we'd have to talk about the current crop of quarterbacks in the league uh and and my point is and I'm not suggesting by the way that Alabama holds the title of best quarterbacks in the league I'm simply saying based on where we were 10 years ago
2: okay how about about that school in Dakota Wentz and uh Lance (laughs) you gonna put them up there they had a couple of uh first rounders that came out of there um, by the way, it's speaking about Wentz, he had had the richest eagle quarterback until uh, qu- contract until Jalen Hurts got what he did. Hmm. Can you imagine going to the bank? Or I, I don't. I guess they just draft these now and just send it into his an account. And you go the check can you imagine what the check is every week or every two weeks for that kind of a contract? Plus $180 million guaranteed. There was a time when the NFL no contracts were guaranteed. Now of course they have to build in some of that for the for the big stars.
1: Yeah, we talked about this uh at some point. What what's the direct deposit like that for Jalen Hurts? Like how often do you get paid and like what you know, obviously. He he'll probably he probably gets a statement, but like, what's the what's the deposit on the?
2: Here's what, another question. you get paid monthly?
1: You get it every other Friday. It, he gets a check for like.
2: Is it just during the football season, or is it spread out yeah, over the entire n- year? Is it
1: a nine month deal? Is it a twelve month contract? Like, either way, the numbers just got to be astronomical. But does does it he go a, to the uh, bank and say, "Hey, can I get can I withdraw fifty bucks? I just got paid today." Like.
3: Let's get a Philadelphia Wells Fargo rep on as a guest one day this week. Yeah. Maybe they can enlighten us.
1: I mean, could you imagine what that's like going to the ATM and checking that balance after that first one
2: hits? I think there's a zero missing here. Uh, Or what do you even know? What are you doing?
3: All right, look. Let's say you're waiting at the bank at the ATM. You realize that Jalen Hurts is the guy in line in front of you. Yeah. See, that's why they have agents. having
2: shame and, like, ask them for money. <laughs> Mark, that's what the agents take care of. Or you get an attorney. I don't think this is all about, like, you and I going to the bank to get $20 or $30. That's why they have agents. They probably get a monthly stipend. To take care of their needs, probably a lot of their things are taken care of by either an agent or an attorney. To you know, as far as the expenses or maybe even a family member. I don't think Jalen Hurts is sitting around writing checks for his electricity, his cable bill, and things like that. I really no, he's believe paying cash. I believe that, oh, he's, that uh, direct, he's got uh, somebody draft. <laughs> doing direct deposit yeah. or or takes care of that. And I don't, you know, like I said, I, these guys have a lot more on their mind. Uh, you know, many times we see uh, these great, some of these great athletes, they go into the pros and the mom moves in with them to cook yeah. and do things like that, do their laundry. Jalen Hurts
1: in a number of different drafts. He did the NFL draft. Now he's doing the auto draft.
2: Yep. Direct deposit. Mm. Man,
1: I set an auto draft for my state farm
3: insurance. Every month it doesn't work. And I'm always late and I have to pay it
1: manually mm. mm-hmm. what's up with that you and Jalen have something in common both have auto drafts <laughs> <laughs> that's about it all right so uh, we got a lot going on we got some Jag tickets we got uh, Kane Womack is gonna join us at six thirty. 30 uh, John Garcia on these uh, the NCAA uh, kind of recruiting rules guidelines have kind of shifted a little bit we'll talk a little bit about that Travis Ryan our number two as well Uh, Eric Edholm on the Herds contract and much more at 8 o'clock. Robbie Baker on some NBA action at 8.30. But when we come back, old Draymond back in the headlines in a way that only Draymond can be. But you know what? Here's a curveball for you this early in the morning. I might actually defend Draymond on this one. I know man stomped on another man's chest last night. But I might actually defend green here. Scoreboard traffic and weather, we're just getting started. Here comes a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP.
4: Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5.
0: Sabonis say, is down. Let me say this. Draymond stepped on him, but Sabonis grabbed his leg first.
1: Exactly. It's 625. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
2: All right. Uh, that was part of the, what we talked about with Draymond Green. The technical, the ejection, the flagrant foul, two, And the Kings win again. Uh, before we get back to the NBA, i got to tell you about uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Dr. Christopher Mullinix located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. They uh, specialize in all kinds of oral surgery. I'm familiar with the dental implants, but they do it all any kind of jaw surgery, facial surgery, trauma, things like that. If uh, you have any issues, uh, give them a call, 471 3381. You do not have to wait for a referral. I certainly recommend them. I've been there, done that. I would certainly recommend that you take uh, anybody in your family. Uh I really appreciate their professionalism, but also they're very personable and they get it done quickly. That's mobile oral and facial surgery.
1: All right, so Draymond stomps on the chest of another man during an NBA game and gets tossed. And while I certainly don't condone it, I don't know, man. I, you're grabbing, you grab, you grabbing my leg yeah. and stopping me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
2: Not like he bit him though on the leg.
1: No, that probably wouldn't have
3: hurt as much. Man, th- they were beating the crap out of Demontis Sabonis all game, dude. He was
1: like on the verge of tears like five separate times. But you understand my point, like I'm, I'm, I'm hard pressing. I'm not a huge Draymond fan, but if you're gonna grab him.
2: Okay, Be what prepared
1: if, for the consequences. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but
2: what if he had x-rays afterwards, so far proven negative, but what if they find something? Like what if they have some fracture or something like that? Uh, and you know Sabonis is a key to the Kings, obviously with his height and so forth, and takes the pressure you know on the inside. So what if they come up with something serious? Then then how do you look at it? Do you do you let's say let's say they did, and I'm only speculating, and I don't think this is going to happen. He seems to be okay, but in this uh, day and age of injuries in the NBA, what if he's out for a couple of games? Do you sit Green for his mount uh, the number of games out that Sabonis is because he was stomping on the guy's chest while he was down. Yeah, Sabonis started it. No question about it.
3: I I think they'll let bygones be bygones and let the series continue. But, look, I don't want to toot my own horn. You know, I don't like to do but. that a humble guy. <laughs> right. But on the Double Team Podcast, I predicted that the Kings were going to beat the Warriors. And here they are, up 2-0. How are we feeling about the Sacramento Kings that nobody probably watched a game of in the regular All season? Right. While you're tooting. To boot Steph Curry and his gang out in the first
2: round. By, the, by your tooting, though, remember, the Kings were the favorite to win this.
3: But would you have predicted it, Lee?
2: <laughs> the Kings were the favorite. They were the higher-seeded team. But would you have predicted it, Lee? Well, I, it's easy for me to sit back and say yes, and I don't know if I'd be totally truthful. The Warriors are the defending champ, but there's so many flaws with the Warriors' roster. But I'm with you on the other thing. I haven't seen the Kings play enough to, to make a prediction like that.
3: They're good. The Warriors have you know, not been Dan good Patrick, all
2: year. Dan Patrick had a great comment about the Kings, you know, with Fox and Monk. He said, how in the world did Kentucky ever lose with these guys?
1: All right. When we come back... South Alabama basketball coach, or football coach, got basketball in the brain, Kane Womack, set to join us next. John Garcia at 7 o'clock. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. off mark and lee right here on the sports station wnsp
2: all right let's uh usher in uh the head coach of the south alabama jags coming off a 10-1 season coming off the uh scrimmage on saturday mr kane Wombeck. coach good morning how are you today
5: good morning uh good to be on with you
2: guys you know it's been too long since we've heard from you and i'm glad we have you this morning first of all let's recap saturday what did you take away from the 15 days of practice leading into the fall what what were some of the 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 priorities or some of the things you accomplished
5: well i thought uh you know when you have uh uh, a team going into year three right and you've got uh experienced you know coaches and players and all that stuff that under understand the you know systems that we're running the you know culture of our program all those things you can start to focus in on the finer details of of, of, your job individually. And so that's kind of what we've challenged everybody in the building is to, is to really crank the dial forward for their individual responsibilities. Right. And if we get enough guys that continue to do that, uh, collectively, you know, I think we'll, we'll see the impact in, in 2023, but, uh, uh, our, our, guys, you know, getting an opportunity, um, to hone in on the finer details of, 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 um, uh, you know our systems some of that being uh recognizing you know what what the opponent is giving them what the defense is giving them, the offense is giving them and you know, starting to recognize those things and anticipate a little bit better that's that's one of the things you gain from experience uh with with your players uh that have seen things on the field before and they recognize it and know how to adjust moving forward and i think we just see that at a higher level going into this year and then. You know, there were some younger guys that uh, are really talented uh, that got an opportunity uh, to contribute this spring, uh, particularly on defense. I uh, had a couple linebackers and Khalil Jacobs, Blaine Myrick, some of those guys that, uh, you know, are, are, are got an opportunity to play a little bit more because we had some guys that were out with, uh, you know, uh, postseason surgery. And, and I thought those guys took huge steps forward.
2: Kane, you have a lot of players returning. We talked about that uh, leading into the uh, spring practice uh, and, and, and really the nucleus of last year's team coming back for the most part. As you look towards the fall, are, is there any any position that really concerns you the most now? Or are you pretty well set everywhere?
5: No, that's a great question. Um, you know, it was interesting. I was telling somebody the other day, um, you know, and we looked back on our, our 2021 roster and, and you know, post spring, what were the, the things that we needed to get answered? And I think we had, you know, four or five positions, starting positions on both sides of the ball, you know, that we recognized, hey, we, we need to get, you know, we got <laughs> to go find a starter uh, after, after spring in, in this position. Whereas now, you know, the majority of what we're looking at is how to find depth for our program. You know, if a, if a great player comes in and earns a starting job, great. That means that he beat somebody out that, uh, that is already an established player. But for the most part, I would say we're, we're in a much better position going into year three than, than we have been in the past. Um, you know, when you lose a player like Darrell Luter at the corner position, just you know, we've got a number of talented guys, but having someone that is so consistent like Darrell was for us, uh, we're working on you know continuing to build that within within uh, the program and the overall depth of that defensive back spot. Um, and then you know you're always looking for another offensive lineman. You know that 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 search will never stop. You know continuing to make sure that we that we have the depth we need to get through the season in the trenches. Um, but, but we're really in a pretty good place. We've got a number of, of players in the offensive skill uh, position um, that uh, that can do some dynamic things with, with different personnel groupings on the field. Obviously, we've got a very deep running back room. Our tight ends have, have already established themselves in a number of ways, but I thought they took a huge step forward this spring, uh, both with their you know blocking and, and ability to, to create some things uh, in the passing game. And then uh, really pleased with where we're, where we're coming along with our wide receiver room. I think you know when you lose guys like Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Wayne, Kawan Baker over the last three years and still can produce at a high level, I think that's a testament to to Major Applewhite and the rest of our offensive staff.
2: We had fun with this yesterday. One of my favorites is, of course, Diego, the kicker. Has he been there longer than you have in your two stints? I'm talking about when you were an assistant and now a head coach. Isn't he into his sixth or seventh year now?
5: you know i think i think diego's been uh diego and jack brooks uh both i mean i think they're going into either four or five year starters um, and uh were neither one of them were here when i was here before uh in fact the last uh the last two guys that i recruited um are are jamal hickbottom uh let's see i think jamal and Maurice strong are the last two guys that i recruited in the program so i think jack and Diego may have came in just a year later, um, but it's really nice to have all that experience, um, you know, uh, along with uh, returning starters and Travis Grossos is our long snapper. And then Jacob Meeks, um, who is our kickoff guy. I mean, we've got a lot of experience out of that specialist room. And, um, you know, Diego obviously uh, was a, a Lou Grossos semifinalist this year. I think you know, he has an opportunity to play at the next level. Just when you watch the ball come off his foot, his, his leg talent is, is truly special. And I think, uh, you know, with another good year, I think he's got a real opportunity. And then Jack, you know, Jack uh, is our starting uh, punter from Australia, and he's 29 years old. So he'll be 30 this summer uh, punting for our, our, our football team. So he's probably the oldest player in the Sun Belt, maybe arguably one of the oldest in, in college football. Um, but uh, but pretty great to have both those guys uh, with us this next year.
2: So what, where do we go now uh, before the fall uh, kicks off? Uh, as far as is it recruiting or just what? Well,
5: yeah, well you know the, the the transfer portal that obviously never seems to stop. Right, is is the window is open right now from April fifteenth um, here for another few weeks, and so you start to kind of get a feel for um, you know. Uh, who may be out there that we need to fill a need in terms of depth, you know on our roster um, uh, and, and, and so you kind of address those needs uh, as you see uh, fit for your for your team and your program. Um, and then that uh, that carries us into spring high school recruiting, which our coaches will go out on the road uh, next starting next week. Um, and uh and start to identify just you know we've already done a lot of of work with the t- class of twenty twenty four but you know in this world now we try to slow that down a little bit so that we can get a great evaluation on those guys you know the 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 calendar for recruiting has really kind of changed uh because of the transfer portal. You just address needs in different ways. Uh, and so you have high school players, you have transfer portal players. you got to make sure that you uh, that you don't uh, go over uh, in, in your numbers and, in any form or facet and you got to make sure that you're bringing uh, you know the the right young men into your program from a character perspective and that takes a long time and so we just we try to be really patient uh, in who we bring into this program. And I think that's been the recipe for success as much as anything we we do a great job of evaluating the talent, um, but we also uh, are really protective of that locker room, and I think it's it's paid off in in largely in the culture of our team right now.
2: Starting July first, there's a new rule, an uh, addition to the rule. Instead of five official visits, a recruit can now visit as many times or as many campuses. One time, he can go all over the nation if he wants. Um, I didn't. I hadn't. I wasn't aware of this until just recently, and I've talked to some people about it, and they said it really came out suddenly. How does this affect your program? Is this something that's going to help schools that are not in the Power Five, that these kids can go and visit uh, as many campuses now and not just be restricted to five?
5: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, but, but you know, in somewhat, it's kind of a moot point, point. Um, and, and here's why. You know, you've got five visits, right? But uh, you've got visits that typically teams, um, you know, the schools will bring uh, some of these young men in in the summertime. And in and, and reality, there's probably a two- or three-weekend window in the summer where are able to bring guys in for official visits. You have some in-season official visits that take place, but rarely. Uh, most most teams don't, don't do a lot of uh, in-season official visits because you're so focused on the game at hand. And it's hard to, you know, uh, really spend quality time with these guys from a recruiting perspective. Um, And then once the season's over, you really have two weeks before signing day. And so what I'm saying in all that is, you know, most guys can't even get five visits in in the first place. Typically, a guy gets about three official visits in, um, you know, maybe four maximum, something like that. Uh, but rarely do you come across a guy that's going to take all five official visits. And if he if he is signing in December, which the majority of them are, especially the ones that are going to be courted, you know, to where they can go on five official visits, those guys really, they run out of time. So it's not so much how many they can have. It's really just about uh, the amount of windows and openings that, that you have to take those visits, and rarely does that happen. Occasionally it will and I'm sure there'll be somebody in the headlines in this next year that it's taken seven or eight visits, um, but but that's going to
6: be very rare.
1: Kane Womack, our guest here on WNSP. All right, Coach, so the perception, at least, when you read the headlines you, and you go to websites and all that, is players in the transfer portal are dominating college athletics right now, at least from, from an ink standpoint. How do we shift the pendulum back to the high school recruit, or is that something you'd even want to see? I mean, I—, I uh, are are you are you do you like the idea of being able to go to the portal and and potentially grab uh, uh, an area of need with experience as opposed to that high school recruit that has to come in get adjusted uh be coached up you know et cetera et cetera
5: yeah i mean i think I don't think you can ever lose right the the value of 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 what a young man comes let's let's take our program in particular right there are so many great high school players particularly in our area um, that that have a skill set that if developed right they can become an elite football player at the college level and then opportunities in the NFL we've already seen that in our program and guys like Jeremy Reeves and Jalen Tolbert and so on and so forth right um, that came out of high school and developed in our program and are now establishing themselves as elite NFL players and so. Um, when you look at that, you, you want to do a great job of evaluating, um, the potential and the growth potential of those high school players. The problem is when you used to take 25, you can miss a little bit more on the high school market, right? Because, you know, you were taking 25 guys a year now, you know, you you need, if you're going to compete and, and, you know, at at this level, you're going to have to address needs yearly within your program with somebody more experienced than a high school recruit. So for us now, that, that ends up being about 12 players, you know what I mean, a year out of the transfer market. Well, now we take about 13, 14, 15 high school players, and so we just have to be a lot more um, uh, selective um, and and thorough in our process so that we still get those developmental players. And it's happening. I mean, we're already seeing – our best players. Some of our best players on the team are guys that are high school players um, that are that are playing within our program. Yam Banks, Bubba Thomas. You know those guys are high school players that are operating at a high level with the Carter Bradleys and the Damian Webbs um, that are that are coming in in the in the transfer market. So there's just a happy medium there, um, and I, I don't know if anybody has the perfect answer, but I think we're 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 utilizing both um, as best we can.
1: Coach, uh, thank you so much for jumping aboard with us. We appreciate the time, as always. Enjoy the week, and we'll do it again soon.
5: Okay. All right. Jay's up in L.E.O.
1: That's uh, South Alabama football coach Kane Womack. All right. When we come back, help us settle a little bit of a debate. I don't want to call it a fight. It's not there yet. So we can get it there. Well, it'll wind up being a fight. Should someone get credit for predicting a series win if that team that's winning the series currently is the higher seed? I'm pretty sure the Warriors were the favorite in Vegas. Okay. We'll get to all the details. Do you get that credit for it? We can discuss when we come back, among other things. We'll wrap up our number one next.
6: Hey, this is Stuart Fink from the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNFB Sports Radio in Mobile.
7: After hearing Monty there, I I expect to differ. Yeah, I think you're
4: right. (laughs) That's why Monty uh, was the man. One of the best officials in the game and one of the
0: best
1: moves and players right there. In the mid-range, Grant, the body
0: control,
1: all right, 651 wrapping up our number one you can jump in open segment six nine four one oh five five jalen hurts obviously we spend some time there we want you to get get your thoughts on that there was a time where we weren't talking about alabama quarterbacks at all in the nfl and now in this new cycle we're talking about two although so nick longer. would nick would point out that it, he's not an alabama quarterback we can get into that debate uh, but with him and bryce young uh draymond green Stomping on, uh, stomping on a man's chest got him ejected. I'm actually going to defend Draymond here, but when in talking with uh, about Draymond, Nick started tooting his own horn a little bit, even though he didn't mean to, about how he predicted that Sacramento was going to win this series. So, do you get credit, street cred, props, whatever, for picking a team in a series if they're the higher seeded team?
2: Well, first of all. I would wait till after the series if I was going to blow my own horn because, you know, the Warriors will have the next two games at home. Home court usually prevails, although they haven't played well in the first two games, well enough to win. So I don't toot my own horn. I I mean, if you're going to make guarantees like that, to me, the only effective ones are the ones where your team is a true underdog, which I've seen many times. And we've seen guarantees like Joe Namath guarantee the the Jets would beat the Colts when they were 17 and a half point underdog. (laughs) Um I would wait until after the series before I started to pound my chest and say, "Well, I predicted that because what if the Warriors come back to win the series?" It won't happen. Well, that's fine. You know, that that's you, you know, that's you and you know that it, it adds credence, you know, to your podcast. But you do have a tendency to blow your own horn a lot, and I've never really worked with anybody like, uh, such a huge ego since I was up in New Jersey. It's just really—I'm ha- not familiar with that kind of individual down you ever here. Have never
3: worked with someone who's right so often?
2: Yeah, right. Okay.
3: Tell me the last time I was wrong about
2: something. I don't. I don't sit here and take notes on everything you say. Believe it or not, I got more important things to do. Can we
1: stay on topic, please? Can you can you get credit for that though? If they're the higher no.
2: seated team, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, Lee can. doesn't
1: think so. Why do you think you should get credit for picking a team everyone to win? That's the higher Warriors seat. Winning. Who's everyone? The majority. Did you ask me? <laughs> do you count? Of course
3: he counts. Apparently not. I'm playing right a minute, right minute. He
1: does count. All right, Thank what you would lead. you have said? I would have said Kings are going to hold serve at least, at the very least, are
2: holding serve.
1: Now, I would have thought that Golden State probably comes back and wins, but I'm not so sure now that Draymond's out.
2: You know, something, Nick, that uh, Bob <laughs> Rathman pointed out yesterday, I would think if – this is not about you, but if you're going to make a huge prediction, you might say, well, well I think the Heat – is gonna beat Milwaukee. But as we've seen so often, and and Bob pointed this out, that he actually had their way with Milwaukee during the regular season. That to me, a one beating and or an eight beating, a one.
3: Eh, I, you know, to- Lee, the Warriors have never lost since Steve Kerr's been there. They've never lost a playoff series in the West. Every year they've made it to the finals. So I think my prediction of them getting outed
1: in the first round is pretty bold. Well, you could also argue that the more he does accomplish that, the greater the chances that he's not going to do it the following year. Because
3: You know, Steph Curry's also never been down 2-0
2: in a series. We mentioned that at the top of the hour, if you were listening. I wasn't. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) But you got to go like, you know, you can't, because, you know, they're missing a couple of key players. Isn't Wiggins still out or is he back?
3: No, he's there healthy, ready to play. That They're you, all there. That, Gary and Payson's you you, you don't too. give credit
2: to your namesake that he can rally this team? Look,
3: I love my cousin Andrew, but it ain't happening this year.
2: Any other bold predictions? Hmm. On your podcast, like
3: I think the Philadelphia 76ers have the best starting lineup.
2: God, they were awful yesterday in the first half. Did you see that? I did. They they were barely able to make it to 40 points. But then uh-huh. again,
3: but, hey, what happened, though? That defense came through, held the Nets to 84 points. Mark,
2: what do you think on his prediction? Do you think uh, saying a third seed uh, upsetting a, a six? I think that's why right. Third over six is, is a you, bold prediction. You
3: got to forget the numbers, people. Listen, people. We're talking Here the we Golden go State again. Warriors, the reigning NBA champion, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Draymond Green, Steve Kerr, never lost a series in the West. Sacramento ain't been in the playoffs since I was like eight years old.
1: So like last week? Look. Look, people.
3: I know y'all want to diminish my greatness, and I get that. <laughs> I, it's I the just easiest think, thing to do. <laughs> I'm not it's a psychiatrist.
2: <laughs> I Look, just think you're seeking attention. You're very listen, insecure. Lee,
3: if you're standing on a chair right (laughs) and i come up and stand next to you yeah you think it's going to be easier for me to pull you down or for you to lift me up it's always easier to pull someone down than it is to lift them up
1: we always
2: going after the greatness like yeah lebron wiggins are you talking about the chair i'm sitting on now or just a regular stationary chair that doesn't wiggle Either or. <laughs> he said wiggle. Uh, <laughs> you know, that j- moves around a lot. Coming up
1: uh, at 7. So, basically, uh, you guys can chime in. Should you get credit for predicting a team that's seated higher, w- assuming they win the series, wins the series? They will. They will. You can't. You cannot be watching that
3: game and think that Golden State has a chance. They cannot get off a clean look. Every shot that Sacramento gets off – DeMondis Sabonis just does that little turnaround handoff, little dribble handoff. That's all he does. They have no answer for it. They can't do anything.
2: It's over. Do you get a pay raise if you get your predictions right?
3: Man, if I did, I'd be making more money than you.
2: Mm, wow. Bold. I, bold still, I still can't get a I would have got a you know what, though? That
1: Alabama
3: prediction. I better be
2: nice or else I won't get another shirt. So, yeah, great prediction. Great prediction there, Nick. Keep it up.
1: All right. Well, uh, I'm glad we sorted through all that. Yeah, keep because it up. Clearly. Um, oh, I got, I got one I for you. I to
2: believe in the beam team. Okay, I got one for you. Yep. Boston Bruins had the overall best record ever in the National Hockey League. Do they win the Stanley Cup? I'm not predicting. I'm just curious. What do you think? The wheels are
1: turning. I can see them from yeah. here. What do you think? Now... Have I ever
3: watched a game of hockey in my life? It doesn't life? matter.
2: Do you, They no. had the best overall record ever in a regular season with points. But only eight times in the last 36 years has the best team in the regular season won the Stanley Cup.
3: Who You're- else is in there? I'm sorry? Who, el- who else is in there? Who are they playing against?
2: Well, right now they're playing Florida. You got like 16 teams in the Stanley
3: Florida. Cup. Florida doesn't ring hockey to me. <laughs> I'm definitely going to say that they're going to pass Florida <laughs> I guarantee that So
1: dude is basically looking at the weather here To yes. predict hockey games <laughs> it's
3: like, it's Hey like... look don't question my methods Just look at the results
2: Yeah Mark look at the results Well and if I don't He'll look at He will. No, me He'll do it for you Do you, ever, do you keep a record do you post all this stuff
1: By the way tight in the app says he's getting to the point Where he can't tell you and I apart When I do your my impersonation of you It's spot on
2: It is good I predict it's good. You I, predict it's I, good. I, I, you know, it's I
3: guarantee
1: it's good. Right.
3: Impressions are, and mimicry is the biggest sign of
1: flattery. Yeah, I right. think it's the highest form of flattery, but not if I'm doing it in a mocking way.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah, there is that. So in hour number two, I will never mind. I can't wait till we have the 20 years of roast. And you'll be doing the roast of Nick. Yeah, I won't be around to no, see we'll, we'll it. but we'll prop you the to
3: make good. material for that. Yeah, we'll we'll need a scoreboard. I better board.
1: not stand on a chair then. John Garcia is next. Stay with us. The opening kickoff.
0: is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff, kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right. Hour
1: number two. Here we are. 704. Welcome in. The opening kickoff, Mark and Lee and Triple G right here on the sports station, WNSP.
2: The uh, top story, of course, the huge contract, the biggest contract ever given to uh, an NFL player. And, and the guarantee is right up there, too, although Deshaun Watson's guarantee was a little more than what Jalen Hurts, but who cares? Credit his agent, Nicole Lynn, uh, kind of a newcomer, kind of a newcomer to the um, business of free of being an agent for a player, and she negotiated this deal with the Eagles. And and Mark, as as you appropriately I think pointed out, little fanfare, no controversy, just came out of nowhere. I, I, although th- there was talk that they were negotiating a contract, you know, with Jalen Hurts, so the extension keeps them there through twenty twenty eight. And once again, he does things under the radar. He's not yeah. out there blowing out steam and doing this or suggesting I'm not going to play or I want a contract extension or else.
1: Yeah, my point all all morning when it comes to Jalen Hurts is it's nice to see the good guy win for for a change, right? He does he did everything going back to his days at Alabama and even at Oklahoma. Just doing all the things right, saying all the right things, acting in a way that you would want your son or daughter to act in, in in situations where maybe things aren't going their way. And at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is better for it. We're better for it. The sport is better for it. And it wound up working out for him. He got paid right. There was uh, he even when he even when he transferred uh, from Alabama, Oklahoma, he did it in such a classy way. It's very rare to find an athlete. That can be held in such high esteem by two rabid college football fan bases, and, and he managed to do that. So, look, kudos to Jalen Hurts and everything that he's gotten. He deserves it, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that hope he continues that he play to continue to play at such a high level. on the On the other on the other side of the coin, the two major football stories of the last news cycle have been about Alabama or former Alabama quarterbacks. Bryce Young, we talked about as well. Um, there are There is a report that he has canceled the remaining of his pre-draft visits, which would indicate that he knows who's coming to draft him. All likelihood, it's, it's the Carolina Panthers at number one. Uh, there was a time not long ago where there wasn't a single Alabama quarterback starting in the NFL.
2: There was also a time, Mark, when teams would actually tell you in advance, Carolina has the number one pick. They may a week before... Say, well, we're taking Bryce Young and leave it at that. I wonder now if the NFL instructs them not to say anything and, and, and keep the suspense going until that night because they were tops where well, they would just uh, let the cat out of the bag. John Garcia, uh, recruiting coordinator for uh, Sports Illustrated, is on the line with us right now. John, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Lee. Good to be back on with you. All right, our lead story is Jalen Hurts. As you cover recruiting, back when uh, Jalen Hurts was coming out of high school and then he went to Alabama, could you ever foresee Jalen Hurts landing a contract like this in the NFL?
8: I I mean, of course not, right? I I think anybody saying otherwise, maybe outside of uh, Jalen or his dad, Averian, who was also his high school coach, Anyone outside of that duo, I would be hard pressed. Uh, you even see reports of after his Oklahoma run, which was you know a Heisman finalist season, that you know he didn't even have an agent. You know, leading up to the NFL draft process, uh, until he he linked up with Nicole Lynn. So. I think even at that point, there were a lot of, of doubters in the Jalen Hurts uh, camp. So, uh, just a fascinating rise. Uh, obviously, uh, a great player, uh, a guy who's persevered. And, and if anyone earns it, or and or is easier to root for in this type of uh, of quick rise, it would be a prospect like Jalen Hurts. But yeah, from from a quarterbacking skill set. You go through the elite quarterbacks in the high school ranks, and it's your Trevor Lawrence's, it's your Justin Fields uh, of the world that you just expect to be those number one type guys forever. Not necessarily that second or even third tier, depending on where you looked relative to Jalen Hurts. But again, uh, just a credit to him, his his mental. I think his mental ability supersedes supersede uh, his physical, and, and that's always been a part of his process, getting over obstacles, proving people wrong, and, and kind of staying the course. Uh, and obviously things can change in an instant, and, and that's what's happened for him over the last 12 to 18 months. Uh, so extremely happy for him. Uh, a kid who's always respectful uh, and very uh, very well-mannered every single time we interacted way back when. Uh, and obviously he has maintained that and then some uh, since, getting to college and obviously the highest level thereafter. So very easy to root for prospects like that, but I would be lying if I said I expected it.
2: John, what behind the scenes, why did the NCAA change the uh, visits from five official visits to you can visit as many campuses as you want and if, do you think this will impact recruiting at any level?
8: This will Impact recruiting. I mean, in, at the Division One level, considerably. I, I think this will change the timelines for a lot of rising senior recruits. Uh, I think this will extend the process for those that are not the truly elite, because now all of a sudden there's, there's just more time. Uh, there's more visits to theoretically be taken. So I, I think this will help schools that are a little bit off the grid relative to either geography or even prestige, because now earlier in the process, those schools can say, Hey, come give us a shot. We'll, we'll take care of the trip. You know, it's, it's no risk to you as a prospect to come check us out, whether it's, you know, Syracuse or Purdue or Colorado. Now with Deion Sanders, I, I think schools have an opportunity to reach a higher ceiling if they're not already near the top. And of course, like most new rule changes, those at the top will take advantage even more so. So for the Georgia, the Alabamas of the world, Ohio State, now I think you'll see those schools um, take their time and maybe be more diligent with the process because they can prolong some of those visits and push them towards the actual season as opposed to the off season, where right now a lot of kids are taking spring officials. Even more will take summer officials. I think now, with an unlimited amount, I, I do think schools will push towards later visits, obviously coinciding with their big game days and game day weekends. Now, all of a sudden, those are paid trips for you and your family. So, you know, the elite recruits going to be able to take in a college game day type of slate of, of official visits. So uh, a huge benefit to the kids. And I know the, the theory behind it was, to allow the prospects to do more due diligence because circumstantially not every prospect can vet every option that he may come across. So this will help to push against some of that narrative. But obviously, from the school's perspective, it's a bigger can of worms and kind of another headache, really. Uh, Every new rule has seemingly increase the the hours in the office for all of these coaches, and this one will continue to push in that direction because while the prospects can take unlimited visits, I think the school's allotment of official visits remains the same. So the schools still have to be uh, pretty careful just in, in how much uh, prospects they're inviting to their campuses at different times because there is a cap to that as far as I know.
1: Do you see a scenario, though, where the unintended consequence of something like this could actually wind up benefiting uh, Blue Blood's Power Fives as opposed to helping some of the maybe mid-majors or uh, smaller universities get some of these guys on campus? Because, like you said, there isn't a limit for these guys, so maybe they go hit up Oklahoma instead of not going or whatever the scenario may be.
8: Yeah, I think especially later in the cycle, you know, as you get towards, you know, um, conference play, conference title games, I think prospects could be committed to, you know, quote unquote smaller schools and uh, the Blue Bloods can, you know, say, hey, you know, shot in the dark, come, come take a visit here. We, we've got yeah. a spot left for you. Um, you haven't been here. Maybe we haven't offered you yet, but we want to get eyeballs on you, you know, all the tricks that programs used to, to entice visits legally um yeah i, I think there's going to be a lot more flips late in the game because if, if there's a gem that has been unearthed by a you know some of the schools i mentioned previously i think there's there's an opportunity for the bigger programs to circle back around and say hey let's let's get them on campus and see what all the fuss is about and obviously as an impressionable teenager you're committed to a school that, I don't know, seats 40,000, and then you go to Notre Dame on an official visit right at the end of your recruitment. Yeah, I do think that stuff uh, could matter and, and create unintended consequences and more benefits for the Blue Bloods overall, uh, as, as these new rules often provide.
2: Quickly, John, we did talk to Kane Womack of South Alabama. He said most kids don't even take five official visits anymore. And, in fact, there are some that re- that commit without even taking an official visit.
8: That's true. That's true. That that's why the off season has become sort of the prime recruiting season. Really, right now, uh, spring football. The spring football games are always sort of an apex of recruiting because you've had recruits visiting throughout your allotment of spring practices, so they get that on field impression and they sort of jump in the boat. We've seen Ohio State add like seven commits in the last couple weeks. Uh, So there's schools that are heating up right now, and it's a bit atypical, um, and, and they have nothing to do with official visits. So that's a great point. I think, again, with the opportunity to take more, those kids who are committed without taking officials will have more enticement to consider taking them in the summer and especially in the fall during uh, the actual season. So I I do think that there will be more flips, more decommitments, more changes of heart, because there's just more opportunity to see great football and or uh, reach a higher ceiling uh, of of program that maybe the the prospect didn't expect when he did make that initial commitment. So I think uh, that trend is going to start to change over time, in my opinion.
1: Hey, always good to have you on, John. Been too long. Hope all is well with you and yours, and let's do it again soon.
8: Sounds good, fellas. Thanks
1: for having me. Yep, absolutely. Uh 716. So we're gonna get you a scoreboard, traffic, and weather coming up. Um, you guys can jump in. Travis Reyes is gonna join us at 7 30. So we had some folks in the app talking about how talking about Jalen Hurts and um and, and Travis in there says he loves Jalen, so happy for him. He's an Auburn guy. I'm curious. As an Alabama fan, who's your favorite Auburn? Or rival player like one that you just can't let help respect and vice versa like who's the guy that on that team that you hate that you just you can't not hate you can't not like
2: and it has to be Auburn or Alabama no I mean whoever your rival is I mean who's
1: who's who's like you're obviously rivals with Nick over there you guys are constantly at it so like what I don't even know what the good comparison
2: is. I, I'm not sure where you're going with this. I might ask you that. You know what I'm, you
1: know when what you I'm asking when you went to
2: Alabama? You come back and tell me your Auburn favorite player then. Because you went to Alabama.
1: Right. And it's I like only a been, lot of things about Lee. It's only been 25 years since I stepped foot on campus, but okay.
8: hey, this is Dabo Sweeney. And you're listening to WNSP
4: 105.5. Riley down the left field line. Well struck. done it again scoring in the first inning and jumping all right
1: 723 welcome back in the opening kickoff all right let me rephrase what we were talking about name the your favorite and your least favorite like the most hated athlete from each sec school obviously you're a fan of some of those schools maybe not so much fan of others we'll get to that in a second be thinking let the wheels start turning here because i need to tell you about my guy aiden marks over at medicare insurance advisors all right uh if you're new to the area if you're close to uh, retirement age within a year you need to really start talking uh to people and getting informed about medicare that's what aiden marks does he's not selling you medicare insurance he's simply trying to help you navigate those waters right so he had a client a lot of people confused by turning 65 but they're still working do they need Uh, Medicare or do they stay on their company's insurance he can compare those coverages and tell you what you need what's best needed for you those are just that's just one of the examples that uh, he, he deals with on a daily basis he's local he's knowledgeable and he has a physical location his office is conveniently located right there in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet go see him he can come see you never a fee for his services Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors.
2: All right, Lee. Shervanian. The Armenian. Wow. Just not Lee anymore. Just we're not going, Lee. We're going dig deep here. Well,
1: no, I gotta come up with a new name since you don't have a, since you don't have a middle name. Uh, favorite and least favorite athletes. Where are we starting?
2: Alabama? Yeah, that's fine. All I right. I don't. First of all, you don't I'm dislike wrong, anybody. How would you know? I was gonna say because that. because I've done sh- radio mind.
1: shows with you for years. I don't
2: dislike anybody. You gotta I, I'm hate not, somebody. I don't. I what don't if, hate what anybody. If, what if Nick played Nick. for? I don't hate <laughs> Nick at all. I like Nick. All right. Who do
1: you? Lo- who's your favorite at Alabama?
2: Favorite athlete at Alabama? Today or yesteryear? Whenever. Joe can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it Joe Namath? Yes. I guarantee it's Joe Namath. It's <laughs> yeah. Joe Namath, absolutely. <laughs> but you don't hate anybody. Oh, of course not. I, I'm not that. I'm. I. I like watching games. I, I admire athletic ability and so forth. I watch to see, you know, who's doing well. But I don't. I don't hate anybody. I, I'm not that passionate. I don't get, you know, hate you or hate anybody. Not you per se. I meant anybody that I'm watching. I don't. I don't care. Once the game's over, it's over. Okay. I don't take it to, you know sleep that night all
1: right what about you over there uh nicholas julio jones it's your favorite yep who's your next who's your least favorite julio jones Mm. a little bit tougher
3: i'm trying to think of something let's just say i don't hate the guy but i'll say trent richardson
2: (laughs) why why would you say him though out of curiosity
3: he just was a little disappointing. And I remember when the Colts traded that pick for him thinking that was going to be really awesome. And it wasn't.
2: <laughs> so you but, but mean, as far the, as at Alabama I'm really though. Trying,
3: I'm pulling for something there.
2: Yeah, but when you were when he was at Alabama, you really liked him though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a he was like what the third pick or something. I mean, right, he was next, really good. Next team. Auburn.
1: Who's your favorite athlete to ever play at Auburn?
2: Go to Nick first on this. Nick, I got to think this is about it. Right so in. easy, Charles Barkley. Oh, we can go basketball now.
1: Sure, any athlete. Chuck, for sure. Chuck over over Bo.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Bo too, but uh, oh gosh, Cam Newton comes to mind. As one of your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. He he comes to mind. All right. I didn't also. I didn't, also Cadillac Cadillac, Williams. Yeah, Cadillac, Cadillac
1: comes to mind. Uh,
2: I attended games in which he, he was pretty spectacular, yes.
1: Alright. Uh who's the worst? Who's the one you hated? It's hard to think of worst.
2: I don't hate Nick anybody. Fairly? Can you can you dislike a coach? <laughs> oh, you're going local. Can you go coach?
3: I don't I, know. I I'm just trying to th-
2: I would I would say Sam Newton has started to
1: rub me the wrong way lately. Okay. I'll go cam so Nicky. you're like complete opposite shocking all right here's one for you Florida this should be easy
3: didn't Anthony Hernandez play there Aaron yeah, that, yeah that, that's Aaron so, I'm, is that the one you like or the one you hate because that's, that's the one I was going least favorite <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go least favorite
1: yeah least favorite for sure uh Tebow would be favorite for me least favorite would be Hernandez give me uh give me Joakim Noah oh this is going basketball Is your favorite or your worst that's my favorite. Yeah, oh.
2: it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, South Carolina's up there too. What about South Carolina?
2: Captain Munderlin. Oh, that running
1: yes. back. The running back.
3: I can't think of his name. Rogers? No, he was like really good.
2: <laughs> Heisman Trophy he didn't winner.
3: Do anything in the NFL? He played for the Niners for a little bit.
2: I like Come on, Captain Munderlin. He
3: was he was awesome. Help me out, people. Put it in the app. That's my favorite South Carolina guy. I don't know his name. <laughs> no name.
1: <laughs> he was really good. I'm going Jadavian Clowney, okay. at least while he was in South Carolina. He had the play of plays, man. What's that running
3: back's name, man? Um, Come on, y'all are hosts of a sports show. Oh, and now
1: it's our show.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks for giving it back to us, uh, Nick. Appreciate that.
1: Uh, Lattimore, Marcus Lattimore. Yes. Well, I do, yeah. I do, I do host a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Travis Ryer's next. Stay with us. <laughs> smart need you. you. think Nick Saban needs you? You stupid. You going to
0: Tennessee? Half y'all
7: going to schools that don't even offer you. If you're good, it don't matter where you go. They gonna find. You.
1: 732 welcome back in the opening kickoff continues Mark and Lee right here on the sports station wnsp all
2: right let's talk about the alabama uh spring practice game and and also about jalen hurts with the travis ryer who covered uh jalen hurts for many many years 24 7 Bama online mr travis ryer good morning how are you today i'm great how are you i'm great how are you guys you good friends with jalen hurts just in case you need a loan
6: Yeah, I would like to be, no doubt about it. Uh, Boy, what a haul for a really good guy and uh, a guy who has uh, answered a lot of his doubters, I would say. A lot of guaranteed cash. That's what you like to see in those NFL deals.
2: And again, Mark and I did talk about this. It's nice when a nice guy gets rewarded like this without any controversy, without any skeletons in the closet, without any me, me, me. And if you don't do what I want, I'm leaving.
6: Yeah, I think that plays into it for sure. I mean, you're talking about the face of a franchise, uh, the quarterback position. And uh, I think in in the case of Jalen, we're reminded that there's very much value in that. So absolutely good for him. And um, we'll see if the Eagles can can get over that final hump maybe in 2023.
2: If you agree with me that, you know, based on the resume – Bryce Young would have a, a better resume coming out of Alabama than let's say Jalen Hurts. And I'm wondering five, six, seven years down the road, will we see Bryce Young get a contract like this?
6: You know, it, it could very well happen. I, I think I think Jalen too, whereas, you know, obviously the uh the upfront money, the rookie money wasn't the same. There's something also be said, who drafts you, right? And um I think it it worked out perfectly for Jalen in that regard I think the potential is there if Bryce does go to Carolina for a similar situation but um you know kind of like that Prescott going to the Cowboys there in the fourth round uh, sometimes it doesn't always work out as well up front but the big picture can be extremely beneficial from a financial perspective and then we've also seen of course guys go to not so great situations as top three picks and Um, You never know five, six years down the road. But I think with Bryce, uh, assuming he stays healthy, it's not all that difficult to envision a similar sort of scenario for him. as what we're seeing with Jalen and some of these other guys.
2: So let me ask you, after watching the A-Day game, or as you look to the A-Day game, I'm sorry, as you look to the A-Day game, what are some of the things you'll be looking for besides the quarterback position?
6: Wow. You know, that's obviously at the top of the list for most folks. But this is a team that you know, has good competition going on at a number of positions. I think the offensive line is where you start beyond the quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. And left guard is at Darian Dahlcourt, who has worked almost exclusively at center during his lengthy Alabama career to date. He's been at that spot alongside Seth McLaughlin at the center position. So, uh, you got some things to figure out inside. You want to see Elijah Pritchett at the left tackle position as a second year player. Is he ready to nail that down or is it still a possibility that JC Latham could move over to the left side uh, as we get into the summer and fall camp? Uh, I think it, you know, wide receiver, you want to see how some of these younger players are continuing to progress, including Isaiah Bond. And got a newcomer in Malik Benson from the junior college ranks that you want to check out to go along with Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Brooks and uh, CJ Dupree at the tight end position is a guy I think you want to uh, be able to check out as well.
2: I saw where Elijah Brown, tight end, is entering the portal. Have you heard any other players uh, that are in Usually they wait until after the spring game. Uh, he, of course, beat them to it. Anybody else that you hear? Have
6: not at this point, but absolutely. That, that window is open until, I guess, April 30th, at the end of the month. So, you know, not a surprise when you consider that Alabama had seven scholarship tight ends. Now, they brought in six tight ends in the last, 12 months or so. So it's a crowded room right now. They went to the portal to bring in Dupree at the tight end position from Maryland. Um, you know, they have continued to recruit heavily at that spot. I think Ty Lockwood is a newcomer that they like a lot as a early enrollee. So when you go from Dupree to Danny Lewis to Robbie Oots to Amari Nyblack, um, they feel pretty good about that position right now. So, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in terms of getting to the 85 number that you have to be at. You know, they're it tells us that given their current number, you know, they still are going to have at least a couple of three guys that move on here after spring practice.
2: Do you think Nick Saban is going to look to the portal for another quarterback?
6: Uh, at this point, I would be surprised if that's the case. Um, but I, I would never say never when it comes to the portal simply because – seems like there's always a surprise or two. You know, maybe a guy that even as a starter somewhere else jumps in there, even at this you know, point on the football calendar year. So with all that being said, I, I would think that the starter, the quarterback for 2023 is going to come from Jalen Milroe and our R. Ty Simpson. Uh, but again, you know, we- we've seen quarterbacks at Alabama in the past that have joined – the program later in the process. Jake Coker was one of those guys uh, in 2014. I mean, it was pretty much known by the A Day game that year that he was making the move from Florida State, but still, uh, he was more of a summer arrival. And so, um, you know, and it still ended up being Blake Sims in 2014 for that team. So uh, we'll see what happens here. I, I think that, you know, it's going to be very fascinating. Just within the SEC coming up here in the next week or so, how many of these quarterbacks around the league end up in the portal, and you know there there's potential for places like Auburn and others to to consider those kind of guys.
2: So obviously, I'm going to wait till you get to watch Simpson and Milrow. You've seen Milrow anyway uh, to get a better perspective on how each uh, looks towards the uh, fall. I'm just curious, though, from what you're hearing, does either or benefit more from the from the new offensive coordinator reese coming in or is it too early to tell
6: yeah i don't know if there's enough of a difference in their skill sets to say for sure that one benefits because um you know i think that if your perception of tommy reese is that the quarterback is going to be solely a pocket passer Uh, I think that's an area where Jalen has needed to grow the most. And I think he has made improvements in that area. Um, But Ty is, is kind of a guy too that likes extending plays and using his legs. So again, they sort of align in a lot of ways in terms of what they bring to the table. If anything, I think that it's within the structure of the offense that Nick Saban and Reese want to see those two guys continue to improve. I think they're, Pretty comfortable when it comes to uh, those those off platform throws and extension of plays. So uh, management of the offense, uh, you know, Jalen obviously has the benefit of legitimate playing time a year ago, both in relief again of Bryce Young at Arkansas and then the start against Texas A&M. So we'll see how that sort of plays out. But no, I don't I don't feel like one is clearly uh at an advantage with reese in there over the other because i think reese is going to utilize them both in similar ways i don't think there's a ty simpson offense in other words in a in a jalen milrow offense
1: hey always great to have you on man how can people continue to uh, follow your coverage of alabama football as we prepare for the annual a day game
6: just go to bamaonline.com dot com or alabama dot twenty four seven sports dot com either way will get you done.
1: Enjoy the game. You want to give us a prediction on attendance?
6: Oh gosh, I'll go forty <laughs> ish. Really? Yeah, that'd be a good turnout, fine, I think. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll go with.
1: All right. Well, now, I don't
6: know what'll be announced, but ah,
1: know. yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, right. we
2: appreciate it, Travis. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We mentioned that uh, Colorado, the worst team in football last year division one has sold out its spring game which is going to be televised by ESPN and since you brought up attendance the best attendance they've ever had for a spring game at 17,000 they're expecting 45 to 46,000 to fill up the stadium why Deion Sanders that's the reason so um yeah it's the first sellout they've had since well the 90s all right Uh, Again, a a reminder that if you have any oral surgery needs, wisdom teeth, dental implants, any kind of oral facial surgery, I highly recommend Dr. Christopher Mullinex and his associates. located at uh, uh, 715 Downtowner Boulevard. Dr. Wallander and Dr. Babston are the three outstanding oral surgeons available. You don't need a referral. Recommendation, you can take it or leave it. I'd say take it. The team at Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery They provide facial trauma, knocked out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, jaw surgery. If you have a a problem early in the morning or during the day, uh, you may still get in and see them that same day by calling 471-3381. And as I've said before, professionalism right at the top. Fill that box in. Very personable staff. They get you through there quickly. Very little paperwork. And the next day, no pain, at least with me, and very little discomfort.
1: Alright uh, when we come back we'll have some uh, tickets to give away and then uh, you guys can jump in on the Jalen Hurts contract Bryce Young nixing the uh, rest of his pre-draft interviews and the your favorite and most hated player of every SEC team what's harder for you as an Alabama and Auburn fan to come up with your favorite player for an opponent opposing team my guess is probably that's the way it is. But Nick's going to give a run at it. He's he's just going to rattle them off for you. And they'll, chances are, all be basketball players.
3: No, look, people are agreeing with me in the chat. What with Julio? Off uh, Cam Newton and Nick Fairley.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm a man of the people, man. Uh, so you've told us. <laughs>
0: they
1: love me. Lee is shaking his head. Stay with us. We're wrapping up hour number two next.
7: This is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. You're listening to WNFC 105.5. Here come them Jaguars.
0: Look at them Jaguars. Look at them Jaguars. Love the way they play that i tell you what,
1: we've done more for this song than anybody in the history of the world. I'm just throwing it out there. So if it ever comes back into the, you know, pop culture mainstream, they can thank us right here on WNSP. Trendsetters that we are
2: all right this weekend south alabama yeah is hosting a georgia state and i'm going to give a choice four tickets for either friday or saturday or sunday's game so when you call nick with the correct answer tell him which game you want either friday saturday or sunday just name the jag who won sunbelt conference player of the year honors in 1998 if you know the answer Four tickets for the uh, Jags, Georgia State, either Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mark, I want to go back on something and, you know, give you a chance to recapitulate. And I was thinking about this after watching. I went back and watched. It's an SAT word. Okay. uh, Green stomp on Sabonis' stomach.
1: Yeah. Are
2: you defending Green? A little bit, yeah. What if it was your son at the bottom of that? My son wouldn't have been grabbing him by the ankle. Well, again, but let's... Not, yeah, I, I realize that Sabona started it, but does that entitle him to go and, and cause bodily harm to somebody like that?
1: Well, if you believe, And I didn't see the uh, the first game, but apparently this wasn't the first time they have been doing it. So, uh, yes, my... Uh, I would tell my son to defend himself any way he feels necessary. Now... I've also said and I said in the app earlier if this was somehow uh initiated by draymond where he just kind of snapped and he he stomped on this dude's chest then we I would be I would be more in line with yeah, he needs to be suspended for as long as Sabonis is out if he's out indefinitely. But even even that dude came out after the game and was like, yeah, it's just basketball. We're moving on.
2: Yeah, but I took a look at that again and again, and I'm, I started to re- change my thinking on this. Boy, I tell you, if he stomped on him in certain areas, that could have been very, very serious on Sabonis laying there. Like uh, if, a,
3: if a guy grabs your leg, Mark, yeah. your first instinct is to stomp on his chest.
1: It's not to just pull your leg out. No, well my first instinct which according to Draymond happened in game 1 would be to pull out my uh well, pull my leg out for sure. But if dude's going to keep doing it, at what point do you at some point have to say enough's enough?
2: <laughs> really put your foot down. Put your for foot down. Kind of better Absolutely. Absolutely. What if he instead of the stomach smashed him in the face? See, I I think you know that just because you know he grabbed us like granted okay sabonis so shouldn't have done that but does that does that give you any a, a clearance to go ahead and just beat the you know, crap out of a, a guy lying no, face down no what, what do you want Fender? me to do
1: say excuse me sir we're in the middle of our playoff game no, and you have my I'm, leg I'm, so, I'm so please remove yeah. your hand from my leg so i can get red, down the court you point,
3: you're like look at this guy
2: no as nick said just get your leg wiggle it out of there and go wiggle As much it, it pains
3: me to say i got to go with leo on this yeah, one you I, think yeah. you think Draymond was over the uh he well, it was over the okay. line. Okay, well, if Draymond's Sabon- got a history of this,
2: right? If, if we found Sabonis had X-rays that came up very positive, we'd ha- you'd have a different uh, look at this. I know you would. You've you never seen- been very big on Draymond Green until today.
1: Well, here's the thing, though, and, and Nick pointed to something. Draymond's had a history of this, though. So are we unfairly judging him because of his history with interactions with other players? No, I, I think don't think because so. Because his history, we give him a pass on a lot of things.
3: Did he and not take his medicine? Like, okay,
1: you can't just stomp on people.
2: Yeah, you can't. I mean, did he take his medicine before the game? Someone
1: in the app, Nick, <laughs> to your point, he could have kicked him in the face. He chose to stomp in his stomach instead. See? Wow. See what? Could that, See? You could just have a... Wow. very <laughs> all I'm saying is, dude, dude has a heart. Dude's looking out for his, Mark, his, his competitor's best does interest. That's a
2: bonus still? He could have fractured his you know, insides, blood rushing, and you would... Come on. That's...
1: Is that a medical diagnosis? He could have fractured his
2: insides. (laughs) Fractured? How's that sound like? He could have caused very serious. Very serious. uh, I mean, do you remember they hit that? I guess you probably don't. Is this
1: Rudy Tendanovich? Is this? this Oh gosh, no, no. Uh, That
2: was totally different. That uh. was. Now you remember when Bledsoe got blasted on the sidelines that led to Brady coming in and taking his place. Okay. Well, they didn't know it at the time until they went to the hospital. Bledsoe was almost killed. I mean, he got – the the tackle was, you know, legal, and he got ripped out of bounds. But they took him to the hospital. It was a touch and go. So you don't know. I mean, a guy lying on his back, he could have suffered a very, very serious injury. Then you would have a different view on Green. He wouldn't even – if something had happened to Sabonis seriously – I don't think Green would have been allowed to play in the NBA playoffs after this. Okay, just
3: like Mark being the contrarian. Yeah.
2: That's hey, uh, Nick, I got a question for so, you. So
1: actually, I, right, but it? I would I would argue though that because you even said when we talked about this earlier, Nick, that that they were just going at it the whole game. Now that's as much on the officials as it is on them. And so you want to get here? You, we want to start blaming people. Blame the officials for not being able to control the tempo of the game and what's going on in the game because these guys keep going at each other. We all know what the result's going to be.
2: Yeah, but you can't really eject the officials.
1: (laughs) No, but you can tell that they've got to control the game. They've got to cut that stuff out.
2: I'm sure these guys aren't rookies, though, Mark. They've been through the wars before in these NBA playoffs. And look, anybody who's had to deal with—
1: And it's not like Draymond put all his weight and stomped this dude into the ground. He— you see, it was take a little a, remember me shot.
2: Did you take a look at know, it? No, I yeah? think I mentioned a okay.
1: thumbtack on the bottom of that
2: shoe. Boy, it looked pretty deep now to me. Now you're talking. <laughs> Nick, now you're talking. Since we're going to be talking Phoenix and Clippers at eight thirty with Robbie Baker, who covers the the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. what's your take? On, who wins that series? So I'll know which way to go with Robbie.
3: Well, you know, Lee, you and I both had Phoenix going all the way.
2: That's right, we did. I forgot your thanks for reminding me. We did. It wasn't did. a Nick
3: Wiggins guarantee. That was just a a, a a prediction. I wish you hadn't thrown my name into that one. <laughs> You're right, I did. But, I, but man, seeing, seeing the Clippers win while Russell Westbrook shot 3 of 19 and Paul George isn't even playing, the Suns do not have depth. The Clippers are one of the deepest teams in the league.
2: Yeah, I forgot I picked Phoenix.
3: I don't know how that's going to go. I don't want to talk about it too much. I may be wrong.
1: In the app, shoulda woulda, shoulda woulda occurred a grabbing his legs. Coulda caused Green to fall and hit his head. You can't suspend based off what could have happened. I-, I think that was comment directed at you, Lee.
2: Just no, to- why? Is it in there that it's directed at me? Are well, you you're the only one talking. You're the lead? only one
1: talking about. Well, what happened? What would have happened if he would have fractured
2: his insides? I asked you a question before. What if your son was the one lying on his back and somebody stomped on him? I think you'd have a different view of it. Yeah, and I already
1: answered the question. You said, yeah, you
2: came up and said, well, that wouldn't happen.
1: Well, don't ask the question if you don't like the answer. I mean, but I told you he ask. never would have been in a position where he was grabbing somebody's leg. What if it
3: got caught between his arm, on accident, <laughs> and then Draymond read it as. Oh, he grabbing me!
1: Yeah, yeah. What, what do you want me to and say? You got
3: Draymond jumping on your son like he's Mario, and your son's I I didn't see the
2: fourth quarter. Get David Green on the phone. We got some legalities to talk through. But didn't that change the complexion of the game after that in favor of the Kings or not? I didn't see the uh, the last quarter, so I I can't. But the didn't Kings it when were it happened? In
3: charge of the whole game. I think
2: the Warriors are trying to keep
3: up as much as they could. But let's get back to those SEC teams. Where we got two minutes. What we do you Avery got? Favorite and least favorite. We got three.
1: All right. What's the next team? Uh, I uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Jarrett <laughs> Lorenzen. He's my favorite, to be honest with you. How do you not like Jared Lorenzen, the, the late quarterback for yeah, Kentucky? He was awesome. I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Yeah, I knew he was going to
3: go
2: basketball. Uh, Not the local kid, uh, DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, well, Devin's kind of local. How yeah. local Lost is he? Point. point. point? Okay, yeah.
1: that's you're right. Least favorite Kentucky player. That's got to be a basketball player. I don't know, know who anti-towns. it is. Towns. Yeah. Did we do Tennessee? We did Tennessee,
2: right? No, we haven't no. done Tennessee. Tennessee.
1: All right. Favorite and least favorite Tennessee athlete.
2: Oh, that's easy for me. Peyton Manning. He's going to go T. Martin. T. Martin. Yeah. Uh, I always go local if I can think of it.
1: I I know you do. Um, Least favorite? I I, I was a big Peyton fan, but I do love me some T. But I'll go Peyton. I think Eric Ainge
2: might have been my least favorite. I'll go Alvin Kamara. Ooh. I hardly even remember him at Tennessee. Ooh. I know he went there, but I hardly remember what he did. Yeah.
1: Um. You know, Florida, we I said Tebow was my favorite. You know who would be a close second? Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah that That's that was one. tough. Uh About
2: Ar- Lamichael P. Ryan at Florida, running yeah. back from Theodore. Did well.
1: Yep. Uh Arkansas. Maybe a little run DMC. Ryan Mallet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh yeah someone well, said i can't i can't say barry dunning now can i
1: he, he's still there he's still there
2: he's still there let's see football wise locally if we had anybody there locally? well it's not
1: the local game to me
2: i like to give publicity to local players but that's why I root for. Who are asking your
1: favorite player is. well that would be
2: if i could Maybe remember it's
1: from mobile it could be but if you can't think of anybody from mobile then yeah, it's not really his point. favorite player
2: well, it's not like I had time to research it, right? I mean, we're throwing out things on the spot, the shows on the fly, so
1: that's the way it should be.
2: McFadden. Okay. Uh, who, who?
1: What else? Who else? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Jay Cutler. Your favorite and least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. See, that's what I was gonna say about Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel. Favorite player. Least favorite player, all in the same group. Mike Evans? I hated Mike Evans. He's just so tall. Better than everybody. Oh, you're jealous.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I wanted to be Mike Evans when I grew up. Let's hope that happens someday. That I grow up or that I get tall? No, that you could grow up.
1: No, man, I'm Peter Pan over here. (laughs) What about Missouri?
2: Uh, Can you name a player that played at Missouri? Yeah, the uh, uh, quarterback from Spanish Fort, Drain. Hmm. He'd be my favorite right now.
3: Mark, can you name anyone from Missouri Um, in their athletic history? Missouri. (laughs) Hmm. Come on, Mark. One player one player they line up about 55 what? guys every year who's the uh
1: who was the receiver was it um oh you're you got 30 dorian. seconds dorian green
2: was something that? like that something like that you're close i'm close i get partial credit <laughs> i'm sorry
1: I, I can't think straight after i got that foot slammed into my chest what about you there hot shot
0: is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee.
1: All right, 8.04, welcome back in. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee and Triple G, we appreciate you hanging with us uh, on this Tuesday edition.
2: Top story, of course, the uh, contract uh, extended to Jalen Hurts to keep him with the Eagles through 2028. Uh, $255 million over five years. The It's a record-breaking contract. Uh, for the former Alabama-Oklahoma quarterback. And to that, we bring in NFL.com's Eric Edholm, a frequent guest with us, somebody who's clued into the NFL. Eric, welcome to the show. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning
7: to, good morning to you guys. Hope you're doing well.
2: Well, we've certainly had some fun with this contract and talked very highly about Jalen Hurts, and I'm kind of curious, down the road, is this going to benefit a quarterback like Joe Burrow or somebody along those lines to even a bigger deal?
7: Yeah, I mean, that's typically what happens, right? I mean, you see, you know, if there are multiple star-level quarterbacks in a single draft class uh, who emerge and are eligible for that, that contract extension. So basically all the class of 2020 guys, the, the the pandemic draft, all those quarterbacks. So it's funny that it also includes a guy like Jordan Love, who, you know, <laughs> we don't have a clue about yet. He could be terrific. He could be a, a bust. So that that just puts into perspective what the Packers have had to wait for uh, in terms of a decision. They've got to act pretty quickly after this season to figure out if loves the guy, Uh, but big picture. Yeah. I mean, usually the first deal gets done um, and then, you know, each one after that is a small percentage more um, depending on the, the talent of the player, of course. And, you know, I mean, depending on how you look at it, you could argue Joe Burroughs had a, a better career than Hertz. You could argue that he's had a lesser career to this point. You know, Justin Herbert's available uh, for extension to a tongue of Iloa. I think I would have ranked Hertz as the most likely to get done first, knowing that the Eagles are very proactive in these things. For years and years, they've always been ahead of the pack. That's been their mentality. since Tally Rosen's been there stemming back to before his arrival with Andy Reid. You get these done, deals done early, you tend to save money. Yeah, you're going to sign a guy that you don't like, you know, or somebody who turns sour, let's say. But I don't think that's going to happen with Hurts. Um, and the question really is whether the the Chargers and, and Bengals, teams like that, have enough cash to put an escrow to make these deals happen. If you like, when the Chiefs signed Patrick Mahomes to a 450 million dollar deal, you know, again, it's all phony money and all that. But you have to put up that money into an escrow account as collateral, essentially. So that's the question for some of these cash poor franchises. You know, I just, it wouldn't, if the Raiders had to do a deal with a quarterback right now, how would it, how would it go? You know, then that's kind of where you, you ask that question about the Bengals and and chargers because of their situations.
2: When the news came out, did it blow you away? Were you expecting this? You were like, wow, what was your reaction?
7: Uh maybe it takes a little more to get me get fired up these days. That's probably <laughs> about what I expected. I mean, I don't mean to, to belittle the question. I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it like boy, they're there are always big numbers and always there's a there's a sticker shock at first. Whoa, they paid how much for this guy? But you know, you look back at some of these contracts and you say even the Mahomes deal where you say he's underpaid or he will be if he's not now, you know, and, and just based on the way the market is trending continually up 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 it's been a you know 10 15 20 year progression in that direction it's hard not to think this will be a bargain at some point if Hertz doesn't you know crater his 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 career with injuries and things like that
1: eric one of the details we talked about earlier that obviously because of the sticker shock it doesn't get a whole lot of play is the whole no trade clause which yeah which, which it that in itself didn't surprise me It did surprise me it was the first in franchise history though not that I, I, I ever think about that kind of thing. It it just kind of struck it struck me as odd.
7: I mean, those can often be a pretty powerful tool, depending on the player. Like some guys just just want to get paid and they and they want the guaranteed money and they're willing to you know forego any special considerations. Others are a little bit more control freaks. So Other others want more say over their future. Right? They they sign this deal. They expect to be in the in the town that they signed the deal in. Right? And they expect to have certain protections involved so maybe you give up a little money i know that sounds a little crazy to say in a a deal this large but you know when we look back at some of the other contracts that happened this summer quarterback whoever they are whether it's all those guys we mentioned or two of the three whatever you know they're probably going to be for more money different different kind of arrangement and they may not have that same kind of protection that hurts got
2: talking with eric at home of nfl.com Uh, You do a a mock draft. Uh, You follow the draft very closely. Is it a foregone conclusion now that Bryce Young is number one to Carolina?
7: It's certainly looking that way. Carolina's done a a pretty good job of of keeping mom on the subject. Lord knows I've tried. And (laughs) there are multiple sources there. And, you know, hey, come on. Come on. Give me a little hint here. Am I going to look stupid by doing this? Or, you know. But for for weeks, I had been in a mindset that C.J. Stroud made the most sense. That was simply my observation. Five minutes after the trade happened, I tweeted it out and said, "I thought I think I think this is for Stroud," and it looked that way. And that was the the impression I got. I mean, could they pull a, a, a shocker last minute and go back to the guy that we sort of thought for longer? It's possible, but I think Young is the guy. You heard him cancel his visits. He clearly knows if he's not going first, he is going second. And the question now becomes, <clears throat> if he is the first pick, who do the Texans take to? Because I'm not I'm not going to say with 100% certainty that it's going to be C.J. Stroud. There's this been this sense like, oh, well, it's 1-2 two, or 2-1, two, right? Whichever one goes first, the other goes second. I don't know that to be the case. Now, I haven't gotten anything concrete on this, and I don't think – I think other people are in the same boat that I am. They're they're kind of soft-putting this one a little bit, but I really think a defensive player is in play because they have the 12th pick. And I, there's there's been this sense in the last week or so that at least one of those quarterbacks, probably Richardson or Levis, most likely Levis, if I had to guess, is going to slip just a little bit. It's, I don't think they're all going one, two, three, four. I'd be a little bit surprised if that happened.
0: When you so said,
7: I, I think at that 12th pick, and they have 12 overall selections, too. So the ammo's there. They can move around as much as they want. They're more likely to come up for a guy like Will Levis, let's say, than they are, I think, to take C.J. Stroud at two if Young goes first.
2: Where do you have Richardson going?
7: Well, funny you say that. I <laughs> When you guys called, I was actually in the middle of got kind of, a uh, dicing up my uh, mock draft a little bit based on a conversation I had pretty late last night so it's fluid but I think the teams that are in play for him you know especially boy if the Texans pass on him at two all of a sudden Arizona's in a really interesting spot they might be able to trade that pick whereas it's been a little cool so far you know everyone's like oh Arizona's definitely moving out I don't know that that's Necessarily the case if it's only those two quarterbacks on the board, Richardson and Levis. So, Indy's got to be in play. I think Tennessee is an option, and I think the Raiders are a strong play as well. So, you know, if I had to cast my lot with three teams for Anthony Richardson, I would probably bet on those three. Not bet because I can't bet on NFL stuff. We all know that. But wink, wink. I would probably, yeah, I would probably feel (laughs) most comfortable. Projecting those three teams uh, as the most likely landing spots.
2: Where do you think Will Anderson's going to wind up?
7: I think it's Arizona, but there's also a scenario. I don't know that everybody's. I haven't been able to get Arizona's been really quiet too. You know, Monty Austin Ford cut his teeth in the Patriots organization. <laughs> it's like a you know a bastion of silence, right? And or you know misinformation, what have you. They've been pretty quiet other than the fact that they've broadcast their their willingness to move the pick, which tells you that things have been a little bit slow so far. So they have to be the probably the best play for him right now. But but kind of like I was saying earlier, too, I, I'm not 100% sure that they are just locked in on Will Anderson if they don't have a trade. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's the play, but – you hear a lot of stuff where where people around the league are trying to think right now like we are. Okay, where's this guy going? What's the most likely play at three? Who's the pick here? They're all doing these scenarios, too, so they have strong feelings about this, and they have some inside information as well. And, you know, Arizona's right now a little bit of a cloud, as well as Texans. So there's there's a sense in the league that, you better be prepared for plans A, B, C, D, and E because we don't even know how the top five is going to shape out.
1: Speaking of, let's take one step past the top five, Detroit. Despite the red flags, do they go Jalen Carter there?
7: Met with him yesterday. I believe it's the second meeting they've had with him. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I think think so. I think that's right, yeah. And, you know, if there's ever a spot for a team to kind of it's it's really interesting. I don't I don't know the answer to it, but I do know that like they they've they've made some fascinating picks in round one. You know, Jamison Williams, the trade up last year was a big, bold, unexpected move. You know, a lot of people had them locked in on on Kavon last year. Other people had you know different players kind of connected the Lions. They they've done a pretty good job of misdirection, so I could see it. And I know they've spent a lot of time discussing it. I don't know which way they go. I think Detroit has to be an option. Seattle at five is the possibility. The Eagles at 10, I would say, boy, if there's ever a franchise that is in a position to make a, a risky move like that, Philly, right? Two first-rounders coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Howie Roseman has as much job security as any GM in the league stable organization you know they drafted the kobe dean and jordan davis last year i mean almost too perfect but i don't know if he gets the 10 or not
2: eric at home of nfl.com a major story that's been brewing and simmering is is rogers packers jets it was said or at least i read a report that they hope to get this or were expecting to get this done before the draft do you think the trade is consummated before the draft
7: I don't know. I, I was actually just talking about this with somebody that, uh, yesterday afternoon, and, and I kind of framed the question the way you did, which is they got to get this thing done by the draft, right? And the person I was talking to in the other line said uh, they don't have to. I mean, yeah, it would obviously put the, the Packers in a, in a real bind to where Rodgers technically can rejoin the team. I mean, he's a member of the Green Bay Packers and how much hilarity and irony would follow in the, you know, like Aaron didn't show up last year to OTAs. The first time he'd stayed away, it was sort of a big deal at the time. And, you know, this is how Packers fans operate, the same as Alabama fans, same as any other diehard fan base. Like they live and breathe their team 365 days a year. Him not showing up last year was kind of a story. Wow. Imagine him actually showing up this year as the – not expected starting quarterback if a deal does get done, but that would be very Aaron Rodgers. But I, I don't know who feels more pressure now. I mean, the Packers are the ones with the financial hook, right? They are going to get stuck with this thing in, in, a, in a bad situation if, if they can't make this deal happen. So that's why some people feel them being greedy and asking for a first is crazy. But other people say, "Look, the Jets have gone just as far down this road, and their fans are buying Rodgers jerseys—not from the store, they're, you know—but they're they're making them at home. If they're not, you know, I mean, they they fully believe Aaron Rodgers is a starting quarterback. Joe Douglas came out with a very strong statement for a for a deal that hasn't gotten done yet the other day, and so, boy, it's, it's it's like a game of chicken—you don't know who's going to blink first. But but here's all the other thing is. I don't know that it's 100% done but by the by the draft it could happen on draft day the, the you know 5 or 6 hours before the draft or something or could happen overnight friday morning before round 2 could happen after this year's draft is completed it's right now, it's a big mystery. But
2: if it's not but if it's not completed before the draft, then the packers don't benefit from any draft picks that they may get from the jets, whether they be first, second, or third. you know after the draft big deal, what do they get from it?
7: Next year's one. I mean, you know, like that's how they would they would say, all right, if you're if you're not going to give us a first this year, you give us a first next year and something else. Because typically draft pick, are, it's not exact, but it's basically valued at one round lower. So if you're trading a 2024 pick and it's a first rounder, that's worth a 2023 second, roughly. It's not, you know, but that's kind of the ballpark measurement that they use. So, yeah, it would be less than ideal for the Packers. But again, what choice do they have? There's no second bidder out there that I'm aware of. I don't think they're aware of either. So, You know, unless something dramatic happens and another team enters the race, Packers kind of got to do business with the Jets and and have no, you know, negotiations are tough because you're bidding against, you know, one other person here and that's everybody can just sort of dig in their heels. All
1: right, quickly, because we've gone way too long. You can help us with something else. We know that's you're good. Uh, Something we were dealing with the best and worst or our favorite and least favorite players from each SEC school Hit us up. What's your fa- who's your favorite and your least favorite Missouri player of all time?
7: Oh, of all time? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's that's <laughs> hard. Well Dory Green Beckham would probably be my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know he he had some trouble I'm not laughing because it was serious charges and he left us for Oklahoma but yeah he'd have to be my least favorite I would say my favorite is probably Brock Olivo only because I've become friends with him a little bit and he was in the same class as I was we had the same major and he's now back coaching on the Mizzou staff he'd been in Italy he was with the Chicago Bears he had you know been on several different staffs and kind of made his way around he's a he's a free thinker and a, and a, and a beautiful mind. I, I like talking to Brock a lot. And, uh, he's, uh, he's back in Mizzou now and it'll be cool to catch up with him this week.
1: Fair enough. All right. That's giving us some, something to chew on. As always, we appreciate the time. It's, I know it's a busy time. So, uh, we'll be reading man and we'll get back with you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. That's Eric at home, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Traffic and weather are next. We got some Chick-fil-A for you. Uh, I believe a shot at that and Robbie Baker at eight thirty to talk some NBA out in Phoenix Uh, Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Where do you stand on the Draymond Green chest stomping? I kind of found myself defending him a little bit today. I'm in the minority, at least on this show, which is to say I'm the only sane one on the show today. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP.
5: Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile.
0: Chick fil A. (laughs) I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick fil A. All right. What do you got for the folks?
2: Well, we're going to stay on the subject of money and athletes in the state of Alabama. Jalen Hurts with a record saving contract. But to get your Chick-fil-A gift card, call Nick at 694-1055 and tell him who is the athlete from this state, considering career earnings, has the most money ever made in their professional career. All right? The athlete from this state. College, well, obviously not college, but uh, professional ranks who came out of either high school or college that got the most money career-wise during their professional career.
1: All right, you know the answer. Give us a call 694-1055. By the way, today's tax day, so we were like, what? What do you think it's like when Jalen Hurts gets that direct deposit? <laughs> Dude's going to get hammered on taxes, right?
2: That's why you have attorneys, and that's why you have people who work these things out. Who hadn't done their taxes? Who's
1: scrambling right now to get the taxes I got a, done?
2: I got an interesting story about that. Um, I'm reading this this book Swagger by Jimmy Johnson, the former coach of the Cowboys. And when Wayne Huizenga lured him to uh, Miami, it took a lot of talking to get it out of the Fox booth into, um, uh, coaching the dolphins. He said, I'm going to give you a, um, I said, if, if you do it, he said, I'll give, uh, you're going to get an extra million dollars so that you can purchase a home here or something like that. Well, his, his tax guy, or is the guy who writes the checks wrote the checkout for 667,000 uh, or whatever it was. And Jimmy Johnson said, wait a minute, I thought you were giving me a million. He said, well, I took out the taxes and Wayne Huizenga stepped in and said no. He ripped up the check and said, give him a million dollars. There you go.
1: I'm just saying, I don't know about you guys. I got hammered this year. I
2: got absolutely I hammered. Bet I am I'm, I'm going to guess I had to give more than you did, though. Probably, but. Because I don't have any deductions.
1: Right. Well, I have deductions. The problem, I, from what I'm learning, is like all that COVID relief money is now biting people in the butt right
2: now. Do you still have three? Can you still yes. you still count Michael, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I just got hammered. So get your taxes in. Your, uh, your winner for the Chick-fil-A is
3: Brandon.
2: Nice job, Brandon. Philip Rivers, the highest uh, paid professional athlete from the state. Did we get a winner on the uh, Jag tickets too?
3: We did not.
2: Ooh. All right, one more time. Oh, I'll do it when we come back.
1: You do it when we come back.
2: That's an easy one too.
1: Dead. Well, it's, not have Google. it's too much stress, though. You not only got to get the answer, but then you got to pick a day to go. It's too much. It's too much. It's <laughs> true. You, you think I should just live it to one day? I mean, why don't you just put your foot on the guy's <laughs> chest? Why don't right. you? All right. Uh, Robbie Baker's next. Stay with us. Eight thirty-two. Here we are, getting ready to wrap things up. Not quite yet on a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. You know
2: if uh, Aaron Fox played for many other teams other than the Sacramento Kings, he'd be like first team. He's had a great year, but it's kind of gone overshadowed by the fact that he plays for the Sacramento Kings. But now his his stock is really rising. Uh, one, one final note on the, uh, the these JAG tickets. Uh, for Friday night or Saturday or Sunday, uh, four tickets to one of those three games. Just call Nick and tell him who was the 1998 JAG who won Sunbelt Conference of the Year honors. And he also has a World Series ring with Miami. He's in the Mobile Sports Hall of Fame. Anything else I can do? Uh, Other than than
1: walk out on Dolphin Street and hand somebody the tickets? I can't think of anything.
2: Robbie Baker, uh, he knows a lot about sports here in Mobile, but he's now in Arizona enjoying that great weather out there in Phoenix. He's a Fox TV sportscaster, did a great job here. Covers the Phoenix Suns. Robbie, welcome to the show again. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Would it be safe to say that tonight's Phoenix Game 2 is the most important game of the season for the Suns?
9: <laughs> uh, it is incredibly important. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't want to go down 0-2 in a series. Uh, for me, though, I'm more interested in just how how it looks. I mean, obviously, you wanna you wanna get the win. You don't want to go down 0-2 and go, you know, be down 0-2 and go on on the road. Then, uh, but I just want to see how this team looks because there was so much talk about there was only you know nine games with Kevin Durant and everyone healthy in the lineup and everything entering the playoffs and I wasn't necessarily too concerned about it mainly because nobody on the team seemed too concerned about it but that seemed to be the issue in game one especially in the first quarter um, and even afterward head coach Monty Williams kind of hinted as such that they just they didn't really they didn't have the cohesiveness, and they didn't really have the the rhythm that uh, we were hoping to see in that first quarter. And all of a sudden, you look up and they're down double digits at home.
2: Robbie Nick, who's touts his own predictions, and I, we both agreed that Phoenix would represent the West in the uh, conference fi- in the uh, championship round against Milwaukee. And I'm thinking, playing at home, if they fall down two games to none. Wow that and then having to go play the Clippers in Los Angeles that seems like a tough task to me.
9: yeah, I really don't uh, I guess put it this way. I don't think it's time to hit the the, the panic button on the the full you know playoff predictor uh, right now, so to speak, just because you know you look at this team in the past, I think there is you know a little hesitancy from the fan base after what happened last year and the way that they exited in game seven what happened uh on sunday night here wasn't exactly the same situation they got down early they came back and had a nine point lead in the third quarter then they let that dissipate it was just it was a weird game and a lot of the stuff that they the issues they had are things that are correctable at least in my opinion in terms of russell westbrook had a a russell westbrook game where he shot three of 19 from the field but he impacted the game with the block at the end, his pesky defense, his effort. They can do some stuff to try to, you know, screen him off of whoever he's defending and try to get uh, Kevin Durant more open looks without Russell Westbrook uh, bothering him. And there was just some—it was just some effort stuff at times. It seemed like the—it was one of those games where it seemed like the Clippers came in, they wanted to kind of punch Phoenix in the mouth, and they just—they kind of wanted it more, which. I don't think that we'll see that tonight. I think the Suns know the urgency of kind of what's at stake, and the the real kind of the, the game is kind of won and lost on the glass. the The Clippers had a heavy rebounding advantage that final series, where about a minute left, where the Suns got three defensive stops, but the Clippers got three offensive rebounds and kept the possession of the ball. That that type of stuff is stuff that I feel like clean, uh, Phoenix can clean up just with kind of the the, the knowing that they need this game too.
2: Robbie Baker, Fox TV Sports in Phoenix. So there were a couple of Internet sites that were sent claiming a controversy with Westbrook after the game. Are you up on any of that or what happened with him?
9: Yeah, I know uh, I saw the video. Actually, somebody uh, sent it to me or tweeted it uh, at me shortly after it happened, and I watched it. It's kind of an interesting situation there because they have um, – the lower bowl, there are different like club levels. If you have like courtside seats and whatnot, you can go through the tunnels that the players enter and exit from. And there's different lounges and kind of restaurant area things at the bottom um, under the arena, kind of, so to speak um, for fans to enjoy. Uh, I was part of the renovations when they redid some stuff at the footprint center, I guess, probably eight or nine years ago now. Um, and so, Players can walk all the way around, and there's like a player entrance to the court. Um, Or there is kind of like a shortcut, especially for the visiting locker room. They can go through kind of a door, and they have to walk through the fans. And if you people saw the video, you can see there was at least one, I think, two Clippers kind of security guards with uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, But they kind of go through a door and just kind of take – basically walk through the lounge area if they just want to go directly to the court instead so of kind of walking halfway around the arena through the main player's tunnel out. So I'm assuming that's what happened is he took the shortcuts to go straight out. Um and, I, and then from there I don't know who you know, it's a ten second video on the internet, so I don't know who said what first and what happened and I know since then the NBA uh has said that they're investigating uh it and whatnot but um We'll see what happens. You, you know, nothing has nothing has changed the status for tonight as far as I know. Russell, Russell Westbrook will be will be out there and playing tonight as far as I know.
2: Yeah, and so we were talking about this a while back. So here's here are the Clippers coming in. They don't have Paul George. Westbrook has an atrocious shooting game, and yet they still come away with a win. It's kind of scary if Westbrook ever has a decent scoring game like tonight. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Chris Paul. Is he contributing these days? I mean, is he? I know he's up around thirty eight now, but is he still a factor?
9: Uh, the crazy thing is if you uh, look at the box score from Sunday night, he actually had a double-double, but it was in rebounds and assists. I don't know if he's ever actually had a double-double uh, in his career that didn't include points. Um, so he is doing stuff out there. This is a totally different role for him on the team this year. At the beginning of the year, um, when they had Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, they had more of an emphasis on other guys bringing the ball up the floor Chris Paul more spacing, standing in the wings, and he has actually become a very good three-point shooter uh, in throughout the course of the season. They've actually used him more in that role as kind of a you know maybe a, I don't want to say a decoy necessarily, but he's helped space the floor at times, and then guys hit him when he's open, and he's been hitting some uh, pretty decent rate catch and shoot threes. Um, the last, you know, especially since the trade now, I should say, put it this way, with Kevin Durant now, he's not really looked for as a scorer. They don't need him in that role anymore. Um, but at the end of uh, Sunday night's game, he had some of those patented mid-range, wide-open looks that he unfortunately just missed. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. It just felt like a a weird a weird night. And even after the game, actually, in the locker room, uh, somebody asked Chris if whether it was his off night shooting or just the team, if the week off in between the end of the regular season and and Sunday's game one played any part and he kind of cut the reporter off and was like, nope, next question. We're not worried about that. Like, but so the, you know, the mindset was right for the guys that was, you know, the time off isn't going to affect us. But I think just watching it, you could see is having a week off, you can practice as hard as you want, but the intensity of playoff basketball, you can't recreate that until it happens. So I think that'll also hopefully uh, play into Phoenix's favorite tonight, that they they got their legs kind of back under
2: them now. You know, uh, many of the talking heads predict that this would be the series to watch, that it had the, the, the potential to go seven games. How do you feel about this series, uh, Robbie?
9: You know, going into game one, I was, you know, probably the homer in me. I was cautiously optimistic this could be a five-game series, partially because with guys like uh, Chris Paul, you know, you want to try to get these earlier rounds done Earlier, uh, sooner than later, uh, to keep guys as fresh as possible. But uh, the way Game One went, obviously, uh, my sons and five prediction doesn't feel as I'm not as confident. But I do think they will uh, still advance. But you know, the, the X factor that you know you mentioned, Lee, the Clippers don't have Paul George right now, and it doesn't look like they're going to have him in the series. Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, obviously, throughout the last couple years, he's not the same prolific scorer he once was, but I mean, we all watched Kawhi Leonard basically single-handedly bring a championship to Toronto when he just becomes this different animal in the playoffs. And it's kind of scary if you're a Suns fan that that was kind of what we saw on Sunday. That you know, You look at the box score, and it was pretty you know, fairly even throughout the uh, Clippers scoring and contributions. And you just, you look at Kawhi and every time he touched the ball, you were like, oh, that's going in. Oh, that's going in. Uh, they can't stop that. <laughs> so they're going to have to figure out a way to throw some different bodies at them and stuff to, to get him out of a, out of rhythm. But on the other hand, you know, Kevin Durant almost had a triple double on Sunday it Was one rebound shy. And I would almost argue still that that was kind of a, a quiet night. For, for Durant he only had I think one or two shots in the final five or six minutes of the game uh, he needs to kind of impose his will a little bit more uh, on the series as it goes on as well
1: man and he only needed one more rebound for about four or five minutes in that NBA game which is an eternity for a rebound so I kept I kept looking at the kids I was watching I was like he hadn't gotten that rebound yet has he it was it was it was fascinating I think Chris Paul had two or three rebounds in that time
9: yeah, uh the the most damaging stat I think for the Suns in that first game was Chris Paul had three more rebounds than DeAndre Ayton. And <laughs> you cannot have that from yeah. your big man and that's part of the reason um you know that they lost the game like I alluded to earlier. They they lost the rebounding battle and they lost a lot of the 50-50 balls and they they kind of just lost kind of the hustle plays in that game especially down the stretch. And it was it was interesting. I don't know to, you know, he, Kevin Durant didn't say he had any issues with conditioning and stuff, but just that was the most minutes he has played since coming here to Phoenix and coming off of the, well, he had the knee injury when he was traded and then the weird ankle injury, uh, when he was supposed to make his home debut, that was, I think he played like 43 or 44 minutes or something on Sunday. That's the most he's played, uh, since coming here. So, I mean, just purely speculating. I don't know if that played a factor, uh, down the stretch, but he definitely the last five minutes, um, you know, no, guys like you know Landry Shamet and stuff, they're very good players. They're good bench contributors. But I want Kevin Durant shooting in the final five minutes of a game when I'm trailing by three points.
1: No question. Robbie, always uh, appreciate you coming aboard, man. Sounds like things are going great out there for you. Enjoy the series, and we'll be in touch.
9: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: That's Robbie Baker, ladies and gentlemen. One final segment of the day. We did get a winner on the South Alabama tickets. Congratulations to Jason.
2: Yeah, Juan Pierre was the answer. Sunbelt Conference player there in 1998 and a championship uh, ring with the Miami Marlins.
1: All right, one final segment of the day. We'll wrap things up. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. Give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's show. And you never know what we may tackle when we come back. Stay with us.
5: Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP
3: Sports.
1: 47, welcome back in. The opening kickoff. One final segment of the day. You guys can jump in.
2: You know, I'm a big fan of the Eagles band. I wonder in one year if they made the kind of money that, and I'm sure they did with when they went on concert tours, as Jalen Hurts is making. I think his average per year mark is $51 million. And I don't know, you know, what bands gross, you know, when they tour and so forth. There's so many people they have to pay off and things like that. But... Anything tagged with Eagles these days, especially with the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a huge, huge contract. But as we pointed out, who knows? Maybe in four or five years, Bryce Young is getting double that. According to Forbes,
1: the Eagles grossed 73.4 million in 2019, despite playing just 29 shows. Well, that's, some uh, of that's that's mine. A, that's a quick
2: Google. I can't remember when I saw him. It was a couple of years ago, so I don't know if that was the year I went and saw them. But
3: and how many members are in the Eagles, Lee?
2: When we when we went, now it's changed every now and then. You know, the original Eagles were four. When we went, there were five playing. But you got to, you know, you know, you're very familiar with all the backups and things like that. It's like there's a whole bunch of people involved and a lot of handlers and things like that. But on the stage, there were five. Hmm. One of them's gone now.
3: Three by four. And then you gotta pay travel expenses.
1: An evening with the Eagles tour grossed an average of three and a half million per concert. How about that? I'm a wealth of knowledge. We should get a band going. That's we're in the wrong business. Honestly. What would our band name be? The opening kickoff? You think I feel like we might need to rebrand if we uh if we go in that direction. New direct No, that's already been used. New direction One direction. No. Yeah, that's different.
3: Uh, oh, look, see we, we have a we're in a we have an advantage here. We're appealing to Every generation of human, yes. No one, everyone's represented here. Now, to be fair, we're also turning off every generation
2: of man. Well, you can't have it both ways. Sure, you can. No, you're gonna turn some off and you're gonna turn some on.
1: I think that's. I think that should be the uh, slogan we use here. That could be our hit song. The turn on,
2: (laughs) turn Turn on, turn
3: you
1: off. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a good country song. Here's the problem. Oh, let's be a country band. No, let's not. Here's the problem. Turn you on I don't turn play you any
2: instruments, do you? No.
1: It doesn't take talent to have a band going. It doesn't? No. Uh, no. Everyone can do it. A lot, yeah,
2: there are a lot of agents AI. out there looking for talentless people to uh, represent, right? We'll turn you on. We'll turn, turn you on. <laughs> do you play turn an instrument, Nick? Nick, you play one, on. don't you? No. <laughs> I guess not. Forget that. So we'd have to have at least some well, we have some people here not in the studio now but who do play instruments so maybe we could have them as backups.
3: Yeah, but see but now we're now we're losing some of the cut. Yeah. See, we're not in it for the love of the music. No, it's the money it's being paid.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's why we became uh that's why we're here at WNSP. It's all about the coin. The quan.
2: That's right. Well, if you don't make as much money, Gotta get that bag. If you don't make that much money, you don't have to pay as much in income tax. Right.
1: So now I'm hearing that we get a, a there's an extension. Is this is this accurate? I'm sure it is. It came in the yes. app. It's We got an extension, so we don't. So I paid too soon.
2: No. When did you pay? When did you pay?
1: I uh, like two weeks ago. Wasn't the, well. You can always get an extension. Your you're slacking. No, they were done. I just wasn't paying until I, I I get that I get that refund check. Boom! Right. That, but. I ain't paying them. I ain't giving them a dime until I absolutely have to.
2: You can always get an extension for whatever reasons.
1: So because I owed, the, the the accountant I have said, you know, here's a voucher. You can you can pay in for next year. I was like, you want me to give them money even sooner? I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. Thanks.
2: If, is this the first time you had to
3: pay?
1: Uh, yeah, That's a significant amount, yes.
3: What if we all, just as a human race, banded together and said, you know what? We're not paying our taxes this year, yeah, could the i r s come after all of us? Yes, I don't think so, Yes, they, they don't could. have the manpower to come after
1: all of us. We'd overpower them, so here's my thing, and i've said I say this almost every year. How different would it be? See, they, they've got the greatest scam in the world. They take it out of your paycheck, then make you tabulate whether it's right. Yeah, yeah. And then tell you when they want more. Yeah. So what if they just sent you a bill? Here are the taxes. You'd call customer service and be like, now, what is this for? Why are you charging me this? Yeah, just try. I'm not paying this.
2: Let's try getting through on an 800 number. Good luck on that. My only My only issue, and look, I love living in the United States. I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I don't care about the taxes, but here's my so only patriotic. my only gripe. Social security I'm getting, and I'm getting taxed on it yeah, that's after paying into it for yeah, all these years. That I don't understand.
3: Congrats. Mark and I won't be seeing any of yeah. hey,
2: that. You're welcome, Lee. But, that, but yeah. that's what my dad told me. <laughs> my father told me years ago we'll, we'll never see it. I'm tired of
1: supporting my family and you, Shervanian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I and again I'm I I have absolutely no idea when it comes to taxes, right? That's why I get somebody else to do it for me. It's just I'm good at some things, other things I'm not. Taxes one of them. I don't want to I don't want to deal with it. Oh, well, I, I why always is do it, my own taxes and Why I is it old when old I refund. get a refund, you then tax my refund?
2: Oh, that's it's another a issue. refund. You're right. Exactly. You should have you know.
1: taxed it the first time. Yeah,
2: and then we have to then uh Next you year, after claim re-
1: the refund.
2: Uh, you're right. That's another one.
1: Pardon my French, but screw you. <laughs> no,
3: that's my money.
2: But let me tell you Let's this:
3: rise up, America. <laughs> Talk all <We're> you trying- <laughs> want,
2: but but do it the right way because you do not want a letter Look, from I the IRS. It. Forget
3: the band. Forget the band. I think we got something here. We're gonna be IRS agents. We got to get into politics. Oh yeah. We well, start a new political party. <laughs> yeah it'll be the purple
1: Party <laughs> someone said in the uh in the app iRS carries guns now i i don't i don't I'd believe it
2: you know, I think there's been scamming too. One thing about the IRS that I've learned if they want something, they're going to write to you. they don't call. And I've, I've, I've you I learned think that the hard way. You I got did, scammed. I th- I think no, I didn't got get scammed. I actually got lo- a letter from the IRS back in the early '80s. I think we got our first loyal fan of our band and
3: our first donor to our political campaign on the line, Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> he'll Welcome. Be our, he'll
2: be our agent. Hey. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Hey,
4: I, I'm just thinking. You know, maybe uh, as far as these players go at the different schools, best, worst, whatever. How about it? Pre 1970 and a post 1970. Um, I'm just just throw two out there. I know you're running for time. About Lance Allworth. I know you remember him, Lee. Absolutely. Then, uh, he was great. He, he was he was awesome. He was awesome. And in Tennessee. Uh, here's one for uh, you that you'll like, all of you. Doug Atkins, former New Orleans Saints. He lettered in football, in track, and in basketball. He was uh, a member of the Cleveland Browns. This is where you come in, Lee. He made All-Pro, I think, in his second season. But according to Pat Summerall's book, who, by the way, played at Arkansas, pretty good player himself, Paul Brown traded Doug Atkins away, even though he was an All-Pro, after Mark catch this, he burped out loud in the team meeting.
1: Oh, it's a serious offense. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, it, it could have been worse, but let's just leave it at that. It could have been worse. But yeah, yeah So, so uh, apparently Paul Brown was all business. But anyway, guys, good catching up with you. Y'all have a great one, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: In the
2: uh, Jimmy Johnson book I'm still reading called Swagger, he cut a player who fell asleep during a, uh, a meeting with the coaches. Oh, you would have been cut from WSP a long time ago. Have I ever fallen asleep? Every time I unmute my mic.
1: Uh, well, maybe that's maybe we need to be more engaging when we turn on our mics. Maybe it's not him. Maybe it's you. Or maybe I need to just keep this thing on. Uh, in
3: the app, band name Taxi Vaders. The Taxi Vaders. Yeah. See, when I say that quickly, I'm hearing Taxi Vaders. Yeah. And now I'm imagining us all dressed as Darth Vader in a taxi. Right. Well, now we got the logo.
1: I mean, (laughs) there's the album art. (laughs) There's the cover (laughs) album. There you go. There it is. What do we got going on tomorrow besides, you know, making plans to play certain gigs around town?
2: Chris Stewart. I've heard of him. He's going to be doing the uh, Alabama 8A game this coming week. Richie Riley's back with us. Talk some NBA with him.
1: Hey, we need to – yeah, we're going to have Richie on. We're going to talk – we're going to have two different conversations. The one you hear, but there's going to be code words and things we can't say, and we're going to try to work around that because he can't talk about certain things that we need to ask him about. So we'll have to – we'll have to be real subtle. Y'all know how to use pig Latin? Can you give us a little – a little – quick lesson here
3: i a may and k uh bay on day Aunt day Ute
1: ebay 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 oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah we'll work on that that does it for another edition as always we enjoyed it hope you did as well we'll be back tomorrow at 6 a.m Until then,
0: see ya!